Hello, welcome to episode 42 of Right Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, and him, Renfrey Deadman. Hello. Uh, how you doing, mate? You yeah, right? good. Yeah. Um, Apart from choking on a crisp. Yeah, we. I bought some crisps and they're sort of low fat uh, crisps. That's what made me choke. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> what the, uh, low fat. Please let me pollute my body. You're like Piers Morgan. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, he pollutes minds. Yeah, as well he as does. Bodies. And he doesn't like vegan things. He doesn't like anything. He wouldn't like these. They were sun blushed. Um, uh, sun-dried tomato kind of cracker breads. No, yeah. I think they're nice. They are quite nice. They're just very chokeable. Yeah. I've got some more fudge in there. I've got some more of that fudge in the fridge oh. if you want it. If you notice, actually, I've even bought Sainsbury's Taste of Difference triple Belgian chocolate cookies, which I shouldn't be having because I'm trying to get beach body ready, Renfrew. Oh, are you? <laughs> I think you're always beach body ready. Hey, flirty, Yeah. Don't. Leave me alone. Anyway, coming up on the show this week... Apart from us two flirting, uh, we're going to be reviewing <laughs> new albums from The National and Full of Hell. Probably the first time that sentence has ever been said, I would imagine. You can't and, get more variety than that. Yeah, Come I on, mean, guys. Can I just, yeah, let, let's indulge ourselves yeah, in this for just, a second. Just a little bit. For, for a second, shall we? What other podcasts are covering Full of Hell and The National and treating with the same level of reverence? I can't think of any. I can't think of one either. Does that mean we're better than everyone else? Yes. It's not for us to say, really, but I mean, that's evidentially... I just said yes. I mean, bye. you did say yes, actually. Yeah, quite <laughs> arrogant of you, but yeah, I am fine. very arrogant. I mean, yeah, um, I, but I like that. Yeah, that's what good, we like to do, and that is good because we're just representing good music. Yes, we, we are. And speaking of representing good music, we are going to be binning off trade off this week for for a week because it's going to be a long ass show if we don't. Um, possibly because two weeks. possibly two weeks, actually. Yeah, to be fair, because um, we're going to be chatting about some of the lost albums of 2019. There's been so many records that have come out. <laughs> Indiana Jones and yeah. the Lost Albums <laughs> of 2000. 2019 um there have been a lot of records that people have been telling us that we need to listen to we're trying to do our best obviously to get through as many as we possibly can but we do go in pretty in depth into albums so that yeah. means we try to only do three maybe four a week yeah which means there's a lot that has been kind of uh left in the dust we've definitely missed a lot and i do feel like we you know, one of one of the reasons that we want to do this show is it's really exciting to be able to bring people new music and when they go, oh my God, I discovered my new favourite band or whatever. So this show hopefully is going to be... <laughs> this show... Real big fish as well. Mm. Uh, this show is hopefully going to be chock full of uh, those kind of recommendations. This is the show for you if this you want is, some new this music. This is that show, yeah. Um, go over to musicism.com. Uh, net, sorry, I was getting the Patreon and the music is mixed up, Renfrew. I go one week, we're letting you do it. I know. I'll fuck it up straight. <laughs> Musicism.net are our buddies who uh, who sorted us out with this equipment that we're speaking into now. I'm going to hit it. Tosh, tosh. There you go. Um, <laughs> this microphone. Um, they do courses for you. If you want to be a band or a singer or a musician or a producer, if you want to work in the music industry, but you're like, if only I was 8% better, they can make you 8% better. <laughs> For nine ninety nine a month mm. with online video online tutorials. tutorials yeah. You don't even need to leave the house. I've let I've chosen quite a small number, eight percent. Feels like you should be able to at least be eight percent better. I would say, yeah, if we just put a little annotation there saying Minimum but minimum eight percent. Minimum eight percent. Yeah, that's the, the promise. Worthless of people. <laughs> uh, uh, and also you can get twenty five percent off when you put the code Riot in capitals into the checkout on their website, which is musicism.net. Um, we also should shout out our own Patreon page, which we do every week. Patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. Over there, we make other podcasts for 
the uh, the patrons who have very kindly dipped yeah. their hands into their pockets. The budding money giver. Um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and giving us some some some, some, some bit of change. Bit of I always say I've always got a bit of grit, a bit of snout. That's some old bloke that used to be in my village. Like, See, I got a bit of grit in my pocket for you. And he used to give us some change. Just an he old man in like our a village. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I said, it, I was like, he was probably a <clears throat> paedophile, wasn't he? Just used to give us like me and some of my mates like fifty p. Just to go, all right, boy, you do really? got some grit in my pocket. Oh, there you go, and he just sort of give us like thirty five p to get some sweets. One of my he early... never did anything to me. Still of, kind of, I was quite an ugly child. <laughs> Maybe he didn't fancy me. One of my earliest memories is a, um, apparently I was staring at the, I mean, this is such, such a me story. I was staring at the sweets in the supermarket in our local Tesco, I believe, uh, with uh, lust in my eyes. Mm. And uh, a uh, old woman came up to me and, and put a palm, uh, put a pound in my palm. I was like, there you go, you can have some sweets. And then I immediately dropped it and it went under the oh. under the um under the sort of shelves and I started, cry- got I started crying. Tea. I've got a gone tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could yeah. that could have been my Willy Wonka fancy Willy yeah. Wonka fancy. Yeah. Uh but yeah. Anything no, to get your granddad out of bed, isn't it? <laughs> 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 I hope people know Willy Wonka, otherwise <laughs> yeah. they won't know out what of context. Fuck we're going on That about, is a yeah. weird sentence. But anyway, um uh Writers Review with Matt Stocks talking about Misfits, famous monsters went up. Uh, earlier this week, yeah, I believe um, there are plenty more in the can. Blur's Frank Turner's, Magic Whip, Frank, Frank Turner's gone up for for freeloaders. Free, freeloaders. Um, we also actually forgot to tell you this, but I'm telling you right now, mm-hmm. uh, we have a special on um, the Wonder Years, which is out by the time you hear this as well. Great, okay, that's good. I didn't know that. We'll also be going to be doing a special. <laughs> a few people have said have tweeted us and gone, what do you think of the festival lineup when they do their announcement? What do you think of this festival? What do you think of that festival? We've talked about Download a bit. We've talked about Glastonbury a bit. We've talked a little bit about um, Slam Duncan. You've talked loads about Arctangent. <laughs> uh, but we've not really done um, a proper kind of look at this year's summer festival market so much. So we're going to be putting out a special podcast um, previewing all of the festivals this summer mm-hmm. that are relevant to us. We won't be doing like, what's it fucking, what's the V festival called now? No, no one Rainbow fucking knows. Big weekend. We won't be yeah. doing that. Yeah. But all the ones that are relevant to us, we will be doing that. So that should be out in about a week or so. Uh, anyway, um, before we, that's good. But <laughs> what's not good. Um, thanks, Crossrail. You're awful. The borderline uh, is closing down. Um, the borderline uh, tweeted out this week that they're actually going to be closing due to ever rising rent in the central London area. I hope this doesn't come across as being a quite a London centric thing because I think wherever you live um, at the moment, this is a problem. This yeah, is surely. a problem. Venues closing down, <clears throat> pubs closing down, um, just places where you can go out and interact with other human beings. Seems like it's closing down a lot. And there's a particular area of the capital um, where the Tottenham Court Road tube station where the um, where the cross rail, the cross link, uh, the new Queen Elizabeth line is being yeah. built and has been being it's built for the last decade basically now. Basically a means to get to the north about 20 minutes quicker or something like that, yeah, isn't it? Something like that yeah. Um, and it will take you out to Wandsworth yeah. on the tube. Wow, Brilliant. Wandsworth, historic Wandsworth. So um, <laughs> the reason... Uh, so... The reason I always thought people came into London to, to go to central London, I mean, yeah, you know, a lot of tourists want to go and see Buckingham Palace and the Tower of London and 
Tower Bridge and, you know, Piccadilly Circus and all those big things. But there are also people who want to come and probably would have wanted to go to Madame Jojo's, to Soho. They might have wanted yeah. to go to the 12 Bar Club to, to see some blues. They might have wanted to go to the Intrepid Fox to have a drink in a, in a, a kind of a, a London rock bar. They might have wanted to go to the London Astoria where Jimi Hendrix and Black Sabbath and U2 and Nirvana had previously played. Those places have all been bashed down now uh, to make room for car phone warehouses, Burger Kings, Pret-a-Manger's, Starbucks, Starbucks opposite Starbucks. Because if you go on a Starbucks, you're probably not going to be willing to cross the road. But that means you shouldn't have to go without your Starbucks. So why not bash down an historic venue and uh, and build another Starbucks so that some lazy fuck doesn't have to cross the road to queue for his grande latte there was a there was a um i don't know if this is still the case but when i was living in oxford there's a there's a point that you can stand in the street where if you stand there and look in different directions you can see three different starbucks you know and just to show that this is a nationwide problem and you know people will know about this i mean it's it's just i think it just makes our city centers so homogenized and so dull and yeah, it's just sort of throwing out culture mm. in, in in you know, and giving us a fucking latte instead for like five or six quid or whatever it fucking is. It's just, yeah. it's not Or, you know, it goes to, you know, they sell it to Barclay Homes and their share price goes up a bit and yeah. everyone goes, yeah, who works for that company as a shareholder and, you know, great. But then ultimately I think there'll be people of a certain age who are interested in a certain thing who just won't want to come it won't be of any interest to them anymore because those yeah. what you're gonna do fucking beatles walks like they do in london yeah, exactly. and go oh, look this is a, a five guys now yeah exactly <laughs> do you yeah, know what yeah. i mean like I mean, it's, it's such and i love five guys I mean, five guys is great uh but you know i don't need like 10 of them within a three mile radius do you know no. what i mean and um like but the borderline is one of the few gig venues left in central London, I'm think I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. There's Hundred Club still, yep. which doesn't actually get all that many gigs there anymore, nope. despite all being right. all historic and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I've only been to Hundred Club three or four times. Uh, can you think of anything else in central, 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 in central London? London? No, um, not really. And the other thing which makes it such a shame is the borderline had actually, to be honest with you, the borderline used to be pretty scrotty and yeah. uh, not not particularly pleasant there was always a kind of faint whiff in there of sick i'm not sure what it was but like uh, for a part long of its charm though to be honest it was it, part of that? its charm for like, a bit. I, I went to the refurbished one but i was gonna say yeah. they refurbished it well what, what are your views on the refurbished one it made it look a little bit more like just every other thing i thought but to a degree but i do but i do think that it was a better venue as a result mm. you know and i, I felt like um they had turned it into a kind of it it had gone from being a slightly annoying but you kind of put up with it because of its history and kind mm. of venue to actually genuinely quite a nice venue yeah it was nice yeah um and yeah and and the you know two years after the renovations they're just going mm-hmm. no well we're going to knock it down now because the rents have gone up so much well I mean, this I- is the second time since 2016 that the rent um, and by all accounts, that the the rent has uh, significantly increased. Right, it's it's just 
It's am I going to have to clean up cat shit in the middle of this conversation? I think I am. <laughs> to make to like make it even worse, I've been over two hours. The second we start recording, I don't know if you can hear it in the background. My cat is like rustling through a litter tray. <laughs> Unbelievable. So Renfrey, it's Bonjour's fault. It's Bonjour's it? fault. Um, yeah, carry on. No, I think the renovation has been. It, it was nice. I saw Mama's it. So I yeah, it nice. and I, I, yeah, I, I felt like every single gig I'd been to since the renovation was. Uh, was really good and i thought that i felt like the sound was very very good they have this amazing this has got nothing to do with music whatsoever but they had this amazing corridor when you went to the toilets you know what i'm going to talk about right the stanley kubrick corridor yeah so it's basically like you could be stone cold sober and you walk through that corridor and you feel instantly drunk it's i don't even know how to how do you describe that it's had like strip lighting all the way around what you would consider a door frame mm. up the walls. Uh, and, and then that strip lighting was like every couple of feet. Yeah, it's like a sort of op- uh, an optical illusion. Oh, it's amazing. Mm. Um, yeah, it's but yeah, it's another great venue, which is well, gone. It was Oasis played there. Blondie played there. Pearl Jam Blur played, played there. Pearl Jam played there. R.E.M. played there. Amy Winehouse. Um, Lenny Kravitz did his first ever UK show at the Borderline. Um, I would imagine a lot of American acts did their first ever UK show because it's that cu- it's uh, f- five hundred cap, I guess. I saw Joe Bonamassa tweet, you know, thanks for the numerous times I played the borderline. Um, I actually uh, I saw Frank Carter supported by Creeper. Nice there, nice. And then eighteen months later, Creeper headlining um, Shepherd's Wish Empire, and Frank yeah. Carter was headlining Brixton. Yeah, so I got in kind of quite early, and that was which was great. I saw, um, I said like Marmoset, so I've Manic seen Palm there a bunch of times. Played there. Yeah. Um, I actually, the first time I ever got paid any money for doing anything for Metal Hammer was at the Borderline. I reviewed Feed the Rhino, supported by Marmoset, State Number 8 and Hilda May. Oh. So I've got a proper soft spot for it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. When I walk in, I go, oh yeah, shit, this is the first time I ever was sort of a, a professional journalist. Mm, so mm. I'm pretty, and I mean, I'd be annoyed anyway. But I think it's just like you say, central London. There's not many. My 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 old 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 band played Borderline um, when it was still scummy and rubbish mm-hmm. in like 2002 yeah. or three. But yeah, my my old old band played there. It's just, I mean, I hate. To, I know someone was saying, "Oh God, you sound embarrassing when you say like culture's dead," or do you know what I mean? Or okay. like the. But I look at stuff like this and I just go, "Well, if." We're not going to go out and we're not going to pay for stuff and we're not going to kind of have human interaction and we're not, you know, you're not going to treat art with that much respect. You're going to stream your films and download them for free. You're going to listen to the music on Spotify. If you're going to treat stuff like that, then you're probably not going to get anything which is that good. Well, there are some things that, you know, there's, the internet's <laughs> a wonderful thing, but there are some things you can't get from the internet, and replicating a live gig is one of those things. Do you know what I mean? You can stream stuff on YouTube. You can, um, like, put a virtual reality headset on, and like, so it actually feels like you're there. But there is no, uh, there is no substitute for actually being there and feeling it and smelling it and having people you know knock into you or whatever there is there, there just is no substitute for it at all and if all yeah. and if these venues just keep closing like this that is going to go mm. and then and if, if there's nowhere to play apart from yeah. you know the o2 or whatever mm. there's not going to be 
well, it's not going to be anything. It's, it's, it's hard to know. I, I don't want to sound like a, the fucking prophet of doom or anything, or like I'm a fucking granddad going, well, I remember when it was there. But you just go, well, if there's no appetite for it, if there's no place for it, if there's no investment in it, I don't really know. Like, you know, something's got to give. I just feel like something's got to give. It either goes away and we just live in a world of complete nostalgia um, or something has to happen that will make, that will turn the tide on this. And I can't really see that happening at the moment. This is the thing. I do not understand who wants these really bland streets apart from people trying to make money. And I know money makes the world turn and all this bullshit, but mm. that that's there are, you know, a lot more people who just want something tangible and something interesting and something that isn't disposable and don't just want consumer culture constant. I mean it just it doesn't make any sense because the high street's know, dying, like, supposedly. So yeah. why why try and widen white, white uh, high streets and put more shops into the it's just it's just fucking stupid it probably won't be shops it'll probably i, I think it'll be um it'll be flats yeah possibly it'll be flats oh, and, it'll and be flats for russian people to own and never be in yeah it, 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 it yeah <laughs> i mean racist towards the russian people but not just russian do you know what i mean rich people ugly arcs <laughs> yeah it, from it, other countries and go i'll buy all that up yeah and and those my portfolio those, those flats will be disgusting disgustingly expensive because yeah. when we say it's central london i mean if we're counting center point as the center point of london yeah uh which i don't actually think it is but let's say it is um then I, the borderline is a three minute walk mm -hmm. from center point it's yep. three minutes south of center point so yeah i mean <clears throat> so that i'm god if it is flats can you imagine how much they're going to cost it'd be like a grand a week if if you were renting or something like I'll that, or like, that. yeah, possibly. It's just ridiculous. I mean, mate, you see where I live and how far outside of Central I live. Mm. This isn't cheap. This place. No. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm obviously I'm not going to tell you lot how much I pay in <laughs> rent, but it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I go fucking every month when it comes out. I'm like, Are you having a laugh? This is mental. Yeah. And I'm not like, you as know, as if it's unexpected. Well, <laughs> I haven't, just, haven't got the concept of renting. I have got the concept of it. I still always just look at it and go, it really is that much, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When yeah. I think about, you know, when when I go back to where I was living, which is not a, a dissimilar size place, this, which is far further into central London, a year ago, like maybe a year ago, 10 years ago, and I know like inflation and blah, 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 mm -hmm. but for what I was paying, I'm paying uh, four, about four times more now. Than I was ten years ago, and I'm not sure that that's inflation. Oh, that's ridiculous. Especially when I was living in, you know, I was living in Fulham, mm. and now I'm living in Greenwich. Yeah, I moved to London in 2007 or 2008, and I had a, I was in a horrible room, in a horrible house. Uh, it was a seven bedroom house which had twelve people living in it, mm. and there were mushrooms growing out of the carpet genuine like it was fucking horrible the shower like i remember coming home from it's got a bit kirsty and phil this isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> bagsy kirsty um oh, fucking like, ever. 
Um, I remember coming back from seeing Chris Cornell at the Astoria, funnily enough, mm. uh, and to see that our shower had fallen through the ceiling. So, so what I'm trying to say, this place was a fucking shithole and it was £100 a week. Um, and that that was 12 years ago. Mm. Yeah. Bollocks. So anyway, we, <laughs> we live in mate. a really shit city, basically. Well, everyone else thinks you do. Everyone else who lives outside of London's like fucking London, fucking London. You speak to me and and they've got a point. Like without, you know, this is the mm. an, the antithesis of getting London centric. I actually when I go outside of London, like I feel quite lucky to live. I live in Greenwich and if, you know, for people who are way outside like Greenwich is a really really lovely part of London. I yeah. it's the only part of London that I would live in because it's really nice. I wouldn't want to live I lived in Brixton. This time last year I was living in Brixton. I would not want to go back and move to Brixton too busy it's not particularly scenic it's not very nice it's very expensive i wouldn't want to live there and that i think that speaks for that for most of london to be honest you want to go to east dollage mate fucking yeah east dollage is nice yeah it's yeah. nice anyway this is not a fucking property <laughs> uh, <laughs> podcast um let's do some live welcome reviews. to homes we under did, the hammer we, did, we did do some uh live live gigs ourselves we did, we did do some. We did do we, some. We, we weren't performing. No, we weren't. Um, but, Turned uh, it down at the last minute. <laughs> they begged us. They uh, begged, well, you yeah. know, we, we went out and we experienced live music as we should have done. Um, you went to see Brutus Renfrey. I fucking did. Um, oh, <laughs> sorry, that was more excitement rather than aggression. Mm. I know that came up as aggressive. Uh, I love Brutus. I think I talked we, when we reviewed Ness this year. Uh, my feelings were kind of like that, that that second album was a massive step up and I still feel that. Me too, yeah, it's great. Um, I think it's absolutely wonderful, that album. I'm still listening to it constantly and I still think War is probably my favourite song of the year so far. Wow. Probably. It's up there. Um, it, they, were, they were really fantastic. Um, you know that they... Like people, people like us, often say there are three ingredients to a great gig: mm-hmm. great venue, great uh, band, and great crowd. You say alcohol as well. Oh yes, I forgot. And great alcohol. Uh, no, 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 not great alcohol. <laughs> it <Just> doesn't matter. <laughs> bottle of white light. Moonshine's fine. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Um, three cans of diamond white. From <laughs> uh, <laughs> <some> Dettol. <laughs> Um, and just perfume though. Renfrey's smashing back the CK1. The world's most, the world's poshest tramp. Renfrey Denman. I'll tell you that. Um, (laughs) Might put that on my Tinder profile. Um, So uh, what the fuck was I saying? Brutus, yeah. I think we had two of those ingredients. I think we had great band and great venue. Boston Music Room's lovely venue. Yeah, it's good that. I don't want to sound like a cunt, but I'm going to. fucking crowd were rubbish <laughs> um you know sometimes when you go to a gig maybe i was just overexcited due to the moonshine or whatever but yeah. i was just like yes it's gonna go off it's gonna be amazing i was really stunned at how lackluster the crowd were and i, I am aware that i'm not reviewing the crowd i am reviewing the show but there are times i think we, you discussed it a little bit with the turn stuff we discussed it a bit with the turnstiles yes. last year yeah, House yeah, of yeah. sometimes a crowd can oh massively ruin yeah. well, well not ruin, ruin but affect things in mm-hmm. a big way and in this case it wasn't people being dicks it was just just uh, it didn't feel like people were as enthusiastic as they should be for this band um right that's which weird. does sound like a wanky thing to say now that right. it's come out of my mouth but unfortunately that's just how i felt um 
until so they did they did four songs and then the fifth song was they did two new ones and two old ones and then the fifth one was war and war got a massive reaction which right. i think kind of sort of confirms to me that that is a fucking great song it is. particularly interesting as the other new material um didn't get a bad reception but just so- somewhat sort of mooted and i'm kind of uh, my feeling is that is surely just because the album's only been out about a month i'm guessing so maybe people haven't got their heads around it quite yet has it been a month i think it's probably a little bit longer than a month but we've had it longer than a month well yeah i mean we've yeah we we, we, we've had it a bit while a bit longer but you know but they were fantastic and i'm constantly impressed i mean stephanie who drums and And sings. sings um I think has come on leaps and bounds. Um, when I first saw Brutus a few years ago, that she was never disgustingly off key, never kind of made you go, but like occasionally... Vince Neil, it's not Vince Neil. Yeah, it was never Vince Neil, no. But occasionally uh, they'd just be like, she was just a little off or stuff like that. Now, when you feel, when I feel like when she goes off the note a little bit, it's intentional now. Yeah, I feel like it's performance. So, uh, and she's just absolutely brilliant. She actually mucked up one song, and her other bandmates said that's the first time she's ever mucked up on stage ever, which is quite wow. astonishing, really, if you think mm. about it. Um, I fucking love them, and I think they're amazing. Um, that album is one of my favorites of the year, mm. and uh, I just want everyone else to feel the same way that i do now (laughs) yeah it's Um, really 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 great that record i felt like i felt like everyone really enjoyed it it's just they weren't showing that i don't need people to go absolutely mental at a show to show their appreciation but um there was just like no movement or very very little movement whatsoever it felt a little bit too cool for school in a lot of ways really but um but you know they're an incredible band and I, i i really hope that next time i see them which will probably be at a festival i would have thought i really hope that people have got on board with that record mm. and, and kind of get it a bit more by that time because that's what i'm assuming it is um yeah well there was none yeah. of that even though we went to see a band whose album had come out that day mm. <laughs> there was yes. none of that uh when we went to see employed to serve no absolutely uh, not the day um that the album which we reviewed last week obviously yeah um, and we said and quite said nice things about pretty nice things about it um obviously i'm going to talk about the supports do you see both the supports yes loathe right what do you think about loathe in general really like loathe a lot i think they have an awful lot of um potential i think i do apologize bonjour just bonjour is going fucking bizarre bonjour is going insane she's pointing her chewing gum asshole at me which i'm not particularly keen on why you gotta do this bongi she is acting up she actually scratched me earlier today yeah yeah she's a right little cunt i I mean she's lovely sorry steve god he gets so upset when i Mm. insult bonjour come on (laughs) talk about loathe um I think they show a lot of promise. I don't think they've quite shown... uh, I don't think they've quite um, captured what's so brilliant about them on record yet, although they are 
due to release their second album later this year and early signs are very good. I probably can't say anything more than that. Well, we've not heard it. Um, well, we heard a song being played live. The we other did. Day. Yeah. And it sounded fucking amazing. It was the best song they played. Yes, definitely. Yes. I saw loads at Slam Dunk last year and I thought they're pretty good. I re- actually reviewed their debut album for Hammer did, and I was you? like, this is all right. This, I said, this is pretty good, which is how I still feel about it, I think. But I, I think when that debut is good, I think it's very good. Yeah. But it's a little bit, it, there's quite a, it's a bit bitty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's inconsistent. Yeah. Um, and I saw them live at Slam Dunk and they had a lot of technical problems and I thought they look like they should be good, but it's not their day. And I saw them at Download and they were fucking great at Download. They were really, really good. And I thought, oh yeah, that's much more like it. Like this is, you know, something which you <coughs> hope will, um, will material, you know, you hope that the sort of the potential they have will materialise in something. I have to say, with Employed to Serve the other day, I thought they were fucking brilliant. I thought they were The opening band, I thought they were fucking brilliant. And that new song was head and shoulders above everything else. Yeah. That, and, you know, normally when a band play a new song, people stand there. Everyone started to go mental. It was like support band, and there was obviously a few people who knew they were, a few people that were into them that were kind of, you know, getting in the pit. But when that new song kicked in, it was just like people knew it. And they managed to kind of, they managed to sort of find a really cool spot between sort of tech metal without it, without any of the kind of wankiness, mm-hmm. without any of the sort of, you know, sniffy, um, nerdy bits. Yep. And early Slipknot. Yep. And sort of 90s hardcore. Yep. It's a, re- it's a real amalgam. And you can kind of almost see this amalgam in the individuals as well. Because mm. if you actually look at them as a group... They look like quite a bizarre bunch of characters. And I, I think it was on this podcast that I said this before. They almost seem like cartoon characters in a weird kind of way. They're the sort of band where you you feel like you'll know it eventually if they get to the size which you would like to think they would, people would have their own favourite member. Like I remember yes. arguing my mates over who's my favourite member of Corn. Oh, I like Fieldy. Oh, I yes. like Head. Yes, do you know what I mean? Definitely. And I feel like they could have that. Like some bands don't have that. But they were great, so I do. Th- I do see the potential in them to do that because they seem to be have their heads really screwed on. They have this, like the show that they put on. Um, yeah. I'd really like to mention, like they they have these TV screens which obviously sync up to everything, um, and as as words are being sung uh, or screamed or whatever, you can see those words being said on a black and white television. Tell, yeah. And all of that stuff is really, really cool. It means that they have to play the same set all the time, I'm assuming. And it also Mm. means that there are bits where it can feel a little, a little bit robotic. Um, But, and there are, there are a few things that I'd like, not everything's played live as well. I probably should point out just because, Mm. you know, I can't point out that for bands I don't like and then not point out for bands I do like. And I would like it all to be played live if it could. But I just really love them showing that imagination so early on and yeah. actually putting together something which is really fucking cool, actually, and using modern technology to do it. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Um, which meant <coughs> Devil Soul is Soul. And I spoke to a few people on the night and everyone went, oh, what do you think of Devil Soul is Soul? Oh, God. And kind of turned their nose up at mm. Devil Soul is Soul quite I, a lot. I, I spoke a to a few people who said that as well. Yeah, it seemed like no one had anything good to say about Devil Soul is Soul. But I like Devil Soul is Soul. You do, don't you? Yeah. I think yeah. they're really, really good. I have to say, 
I can understand people who hadn't heard them before or younger people looking at Devil Soldier's Soul coming on after Loathe yeah. and going, this feels a bit 2007. Yeah. I can understand yeah. that. I think Devil Soldier's Soul in between the two bands that they were in between. Um, what's good about Devil Soldier's Soul is... I mean, I used to kind of compare them to Wilhaven, but but really they're far more melodic than Wilhaven. But what they have there, and Wilhaven do these, just dealing these massive, never-ending riff storms, riff after riff after riff, but it's kind of f- quite repetitive. It's just is like kind of yeah. thuggishly repetitive riff. Whereas Devil Soul to Soul will get in a kind of this like white hot like space and it's- just go and go and go and go it's less riffs and more expansive open yeah. deftones-esque type chords yeah. i would say which i really like i really i do really like them musically they don't have um more they don't have obvious riffs and no. they don't have obvious songs no no yeah so i think that's why people might have gone this sort of sits in the middle of those so i understand why people might not have liked them i thought they were good like i like them i think you know fragile hope's brilliant they had one that came out in 2012 i want to say which i really liked as well i can't remember what it's called off the top of my head um uh yeah i had a little period where i really really did like devil soldier soul this is the first time where i've seen them and i've and i have thought both the bands that you played with have kind of shown you up yeah i i thought they were fine i thought i thought the people who were saying oh they were total shit i was like well come on they weren't shit no, they weren't um shit but but i did think they were you know by a considerable distance the weakest band on the bill um i kind of uh pointedly said there i i like what they do musically because i have to say vocally um they I really don't like the vocals from Devil Soldier Soul and it's oh, really? always prevented me from really getting into them because I so they have dual vocalists and it's one of those cases where it's kind of a bit of a waste of time them having dual Well the reason that really. is is because Ed left mm. and Paul came in and then when they did the 10 year of um a fragile hope mm-hmm. um Ed came back to sing those songs and they enjoyed the two of them on stage together so much and he liked it so he rejoined the band full time okay i didn't know that so they're not they've not always been a two it's only been the last what two years that okay they've been sort of a dual vocal i thought i saw them with only one vocalist that's mm. okay that makes sense now um but i don't i don't think it adds anything to it having dual vocals no but then at the, mo- at the moment you know they've not really written many songs with two vocalists with two vo- yeah okay fair enough fair enough so we'll see i mean those songs were written for one vocalist yeah yeah and okay performed by one vocalist and they've had to kind of try and split them so like i understand what you're saying yes you you one person could sing that because one person did sing that yeah okay but yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair you know they i think you should judge them on the next record in terms of whether or not they need to vocalist oh and i will yeah. um <laughs> but i i but i also it's also partly the delivery as well i just it's either really harsh screamy screamo type stuff or when they go clean they go oh the best example i can think of there was a ble- that bleeding through album the truth which is like the only bleeding through album which is no good because the cleans are so clean and the screams it, it just doesn't it doesn't the, the the combination doesn't quite work for me right. despite me liking dynamic vocal performances and stuff like that 
it's it's difficult to nail on why I don't think it quite works, but it just doesn't quite work for me. Fair enough. Okay. Um, but I don't think they're yeah, a bad band no, they, I, I at like all. Like, yeah. Personally, I like them, especially, particularly on record. I, I, I agree. I thought they were different. To the other two bands, yeah. and they weren't really suitable for the bill th- particularly. But I think they're I a think lot they more. I think they're a lot more interesting than a lot of their peers. I'll mm-hmm. say that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so employed to serve, just fucking wang through this, shall we? Obviously, they were they were they were fucking brilliant. They were, the I, I don't think I've ever seen them be bad, ever. No, no, no. no I've never seen them not be not just bad, but great. No, I've yeah, I've seen them. I've never seen them be great. Yeah, uh, the new song sounded amazing. Fucking we brilliant. spoke about how good those songs were. I thought Force Fed immediately just slipped. It, you know, you could see the whole fucking place chanting along to that song. Oh my god! Um, and uh, when I think two years ago, or however long it was, uh, when Warmth of the Dying Sun came out, I actually saw Justine before the gig, and I was like, "This is good, isn't it?" And she was like, well, it's certainly a more exciting and, well, not more exciting, but certainly a, a more filled out um, gig than the last record launch we did, which was at the Black. At the old, old, the blue old Blue Last. Sorry, the Old Blue Last, which holds, what, 200 people? Between 150 and 200, I would say. Yeah. yeah. And this is 500 of the uh, garage? I think it's five or 600. Yeah. So you're looking at at, at least, like, more than doubling. And it wasn't quite sold out, but it, quite it sold wasn't out, But it was health, very, very healthy. Yeah. yeah. Very, very healthy indeed. Yeah. It wasn't far off and you wouldn't have really noticed at yeah. the time. Because, I mean, I saw Horror there a week before and that was sold out. And you could tell that was sold out, whereas you yeah. could tell that Employed to Serve wasn't sold out. But still, couldn't have been that far off it. No. Within, definitely within touching distance of selling yeah, it out. definitely. And, um, yeah, man, I just think they are... Well, everything we said last week still rings true about it, doesn't it? They, Very they, much so. They look like they're ready to to step up to be people's new favourite. I mean, I was watching them and I was like, you're not even like a hardcore band now. Like, it's like, it is like watching a metal band. Yeah, I agree. I, it was interesting. And I don't, I don't mind this. It wasn't a massive issue. But I was curious to see if they'd play anything from Greyer Than You Remember. And they didn't in the end. Um, yeah, I thought that. Which is a bit of a shame. Not not the end. Not the end of the world. I I understand the decision not mm. to, um, but uh, I do think the eternal forward motion material. I mean, it to me it it sounded. I know we've had the record for a while. Blah blah blah. But to me, it sounded as familiar as the warmth of the dying sun and material. In, yeah, and just instant as well. Yeah, and like it, people, it felt like people were reacting to it as if they were old favourites mm. as well, not as if the album had been released that day, yeah. which is fucking mental. I mean, I went. My mate Jamie was there, who um, was like, oh, "I've listened to the album once this this morning before the day it came out," and he was like, "Yeah, brilliant!" Like those songs straight away. I just think they're so. They've got like he's got they've got so much groove. They got they're just so it's so instant and yeah, yeah they were fucking brilliant. And Sammy yeah. uh, is like one of the best sort of on stage presences for a oh he's great backup guitar dude. Not backup, you know what I mean? Backup yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, you know yeah. he is he's doing almost dual vocals. It does it it does feel like it's getting more and more dual vocally as it goes on. I mm. do really like that. Yeah. I really like that approach with Sammy and Justine kind of teaming up to kind of I, I think it works really well um and just incredible band behind them now and, mm. and so tight so frenetic 
playing very technical, very tricky material. Mm. They're excellent. They're one of the best metal bands this country has right now. And I actually think they're likely to go on to become one of the best metal bands this country ever produces. Mm. Best metal band in Britain right now, do you reckon? Like if you, I mean, I don't know how. Oh, you've thrown that on me, but yeah, I have. Sorry, can't I can't remember. think of another one off the top of my head that I prefer. Bullet. <laughs> always good to get a dig in, isn't it? A bullet. <laughs> always, always get a dig in at bullet because they are the worst. I would say. Well, Iron Maiden, I, oh. I love. Yeah, 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 you like Iron Maiden. Yeah, you like Iron Maiden. Well, anyway, look, employed to serve. Oh, well, they're very different from Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very different from Valentine's, um, aren't they? Let's be honest. They're good. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, yeah, like I said, you've thrown that on me. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're up undoubtedly up there. Yeah, undoubtedly. Right. Good. Uh, anyway, that was employed to serve at the garage. It was good. Let's do some reviews and uh, let's get cracking because we've got quite a lot to talk about. And the first one, I think, is going to be a bit of a long one because this is a lot to unpick. Oh, it boy, comes yeah. from The National. The album is called I Am Easy to Find. It is the eighth album from the... Uh, Keep it in the family, Ohio Quintet. So it's <laughs> two brothers and someone else, isn't it? Essentially, yeah. the national. Um, so we were chatting before we started this podcast and I said, do you have any kind of context about um, what the album is about or where it's from? Because I don't know this for certain, but this feels like, it feels cinematic and, and like almost oh, like, a yeah. con- like a concept album. Yeah. And the reason for that is, is that this album was inspired by a short film that the band soundtrack so there's um a short film starring alicia vikander oscar winning actress mm. alicia vikander who was lara croft in last tomb raider and who if you haven't seen the fucking staggeringly brilliant ex machina i'm so glad you said that yep. yeah then um well, what do you think i was gonna say I, I I didn't know, but I I was like I just in my head I was thinking yeah. I hope he says Ex Machina because yeah. it's a fucking brilliant film. She's yeah. incredible in that. Yeah. Um. Uh. Which is directed by Mike Mills. Um. He actually got the band to soundtrack a short film. Um. Following a girl from uh, birth to her death, Alicia Vikander plays that part all the way through the film. It's twenty five minutes long. There were nine pieces of music that the band gave Mills, um, for him to work with and. He made the film, showed the band the film, and the band were inspired by the film that they had soundtracked to write an entire album based on the film. And that Ooh. is what this album is. Art begetting art begetting Which art begetting art. Which is a really, really fucking fascinating and interesting way to create a record. Mm. And it just goes to show how creatively spontaneous and open to ideas the national must be. Yeah. Yeah, to absolutely. make an album, which is, you know, this is the longest album of their career. This isn't a sort of stopgap, like no. chuck it together. This is 16 tracks. This is over an hour long. Yeah, 63 This is minutes. a proper, proper record. Um, I was actually introduced to The National. The first time I listened, listened to The National was through, um, I hate to name drop here, but through Partway Drive's very own Winston McCall, oh, who go. picked um, Trouble Will Find Me uh, for some other thing I was doing before once. Yeah, vague. And um, at the time, I thought this is really boring, and I was not interested. Yeah, and I thought I'm not really interested in this as a band. But then I got talking to another one of my mates who's more into this sort of thing, and he was like, "You really need to sort of have a little listen back to some of their back catalogue." So I listened to Boxer, and I thought that's good. Um, I listened to High Violet, 
which I thought was even better, which is kind of, I think, their maybe their kind of critical stroke commercial. I think it's kind of people's favorite one, I think. Is it? Okay. I think. Yeah. I was trying to figure what that was, which one is the, yeah, mm, what the mm, high violet you think. Okay. But I can't really genuinely say that I ever thought they were anything that, the, a type of music which I would go massively in for and I always thought they were kind of a couple of steps behind Arcade Fire like I listen to Arcade Fire and I go well I, I like that um, and I'd like them and I think I would have always picked Arcade Fire over the National because it's not a sort of the type of music that I listen to a lot um, so that's my sort of relationship with the National what about yours Rimfrey? Well confession time obviously I'm to- I'm aware of the national because I think even if I wasn't a music journalist I'd be aware of the national as they're a massive band they're big, aren't they? um but I've never really taken the time to sit down and listen to any of their records and I think there was this kind of perception in my head that it wasn't I didn't think I wasn't 100% sure what I thought the national was but it wasn't this Right, okay. So this is the first album of theirs I've heard in full. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say that I feel like a mighty, mighty fool for not checking them out beforehand because um, there is a lot on this record that I really like a lot. I think it's fantastic. This is um, this is quite a lot to unpack. Yeah. And it's quite... Uh, it's quite an it's a very emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. um, of, of, a, of a record. I'm going to say from the start, and I did say this before, and I have said this with a lot of kind of more mainstream polished albums that have come out recently. This benefits you so much more listening to it on a, a good pair of headphones. Yep. To be an audio to like to be an audio file for a second, mm-hmm. you really do need to listen to this on a good pair of headphones mm-hmm. i listened to it the first time i listened to it was on a, a not great like computer speaker mm-hmm. i started listening to it and then i switched to headphones and the difference is amazing and what it gave me from this record which i hadn't got before was amazing i mean obviously you know that was kind of one listening so i already knew sort of what it was so maybe it's just an album like this will take a lot of listens i think the band create a really beautiful textured um unusual uh bonjour once again knocking shit over shit you're in such a shitty I was about mood, to say, that's right to knock over but i didn't want to interrupt you um <laughs> they create a really beautiful uh smorgasbord let's use that word because it's a great word of amazing sounds for um the vocals to ride over and like i think the manner in which they use instrumentation as well i mean like you know broadly speaking the national are an alternative rock band Mm -hmm. and i'm so you know quote unquote kind of thing but like really the bass drums guitar setup that you associate with rock bands are used more as kind of um well textures like i say just like putting little little motifs here and there but then the main sort of riff certainly isn't the word but the main the main musical motifs are often made through electronics or synths or something like that and keys or something like that and vocals and vocals yeah not um multi-layered vocals oh yeah really beautifully layered i think there is a 
fucking hell of a lot to admire about this record. Yeah. A hell of a lot. I think the rhythm section are brilliant. The rhythm section on this are so great. Um, there's a real like I know they've spoken about um, New Order uh, before okay. in the past and Peter Hook. Um, and, you know, and the way that he uses the bass, and I think you can hear a little bit of that, although it's not as aggressive. Um, yep. I think Talking Heads as well would be kind of a good shout as to the sort of area in which that they kind of go into. Um, but it's much more woozy than than either of those bands, I think. Yeah. Um, a Touch of Elbow as well. You know, an elbow do touch that. Touch of Elbow. Touch of Elbow. Um, but... I really think for, for all the great stuff and there's you know some great piano parts on on this record so as well. So much beautiful piano. On really, song, really good piano song. parts, but yeah. it's the vocals and the 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 guests that have been brought in to the record. It's what those vocalists bring to the record, particularly mm. trying. You know, let's. I'm going to fess up here. We've not had this album very long. No. No, we've not had a real chance to go. I, I it, you know, we wanted to do it because it's a big release. Yeah. Um, but we've, you know, maybe a week with it would have been like yeah. something where we could come down and completely nail. And I, at the moment, don't feel like I know exactly what the story of the, of the concept is of this. Yeah. I've got theories and I've got ideas, and there are things that spring out of me that I think you can tell like well i can i can tell i feel like i can tell this is the journey this is the concept oh yeah definitely do you, yeah you think that's right we i mean we had a brief conversation before at hand saying basically saying should we review this this week or or leave it a week mm. um you know just to get into it a bit more and basically i think we're both excited enough by it to just be like no i want to talk about it now kind of, kind of thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um but but yeah i mean i think you you mentioned guests there, and I almost think guests isn't really the correct word. I think you have to say collaborators, mm -hmm. yeah, because um, there are a number of female guests uh, vocals, and I feel like it's I do feel like it's important to point out the fact that it's female because the 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 uh, sort of female perspective that is put onto this album as a result of all these collaborators really lifts it really yes. really lifts well, it it feels to me like the that uh, the concept having not seen the short film i know it's about the life of a, a girl's life so right. from birth to death and i think um it starts with almost a sort of the national are not a particularly you know excitable band it's, this is not a, a sort of album that will make you dance around and jump up and down and no sort of thing at all but there is a sort of there is a a youthful brightness about the earlier songs i think that 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 sort of dulls over the period of the record it becomes a bit more plodding a bit more somber yeah. a bit more serious yeah. um and that's not in lyrics that's which starts out pretty serious from the word go mm. but certainly in tone and in composition and in the way that things sound i feel like you can almost f this this album sort of ages as it goes along which is a really really cool thing to do and i'm not sure if um if matt uh berninger who's the the vocalist i'm not sure but i feel like he might be the narrator and the the sort of the the, the collaborators on the record might be the character that's sort of what I hmm. I think potentially this might be. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. But I've just sort of, I felt that he's got a kind of authoritiveness in his voice in a lot of the, the songs that 
then there's a much more emotive female vocal to be honest though it feels like i i think that's a really interesting theory and you may well be right you may well be wrong but what is great about this record is it feels like it is open enough to interpretation to say i i could i could you know come up with a theory that totally counters that mm. and it would feel like both theories would be as relevant it feels like it is open enough to have interpretate like multiple interpretations put onto it and still hold up and still work as mm. a piece of cohesive art but it certainly feels like there's a um it starts off with birth and then there's sort of early flourishes of love and a relationship yeah and then a relationship that breaks down yeah and then there's talk of i mean uh we're not in kansas which is mm. f just fucking so brilliant yeah is uh, you know talking about i'm back in my parents room listening to rem um yeah they're almost like nick cave-esque soliloquies yeah. you know the manner in which he delivers them and then um a combination of three of the collaborative collaborators so gail ann dorsey who worked with david bowie a lot mm -hmm. lisa hannigan uh, we spoke yeah because obviously we spoke about lisa hannigan he's and done stuff with damien rice, with damien rice yeah. uh, only a couple of weeks ago and and kate stables mm -hmm. so they all come together and 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 like almost like almost like the sun coming through these dark clouds they come through as this kind of angelic presence and it just sounds absolutely amazing and it's such a wonderful way to write a song to like have these really weird soliloquies juxtaposed with this beautiful beautiful angelic singing you know i think it's and there's so many examples of that kind of thing on this record. Yeah. I think really the are. way that the male and female vocals interact with one another is absolutely beautiful. I mean, one of my potential theories as to what this, um, uh, there's a song called The Pull of You, which is a sort of duet with Matt Berlinger and Lisa Hannigan. And they sing this line together, which is like the chorus. Sometimes I don't really think I'm around you half the time. Sometimes I don't think I'm really around you at all. And they're both singing it. And, and but they feel so distant from one another. And it's yeah. almost as if it's, you know, a couple in a room who are together and thinking the same thought. And yet so far apart from one another, like the ending of a relationship or something yeah. like that, yeah. you know, and that might not be what the song's about at all. It might not be, but I have got such a strong uh, feeling that that's what it's about, such a strong identity with it, that to be honest, even if it wasn't about that, I almost wouldn't want to know because that's that's what I can Yeah, it's, there's so it, many you know? bits like that. Like there's a song in it called Hey Rosie, which is mm. hypnotising. And the band, and that, that, that does, it doesn't, it's almost like they move, it's like the sea it kind of comes yeah. in yeah, and yeah, goes yeah, out yeah, yeah. and comes in and it's like the band actually kind of they just move away from you it's, it's fucking hmm. it's really really brilliant like yeah. i i don't know what i'd heard last time because i'm you know i imagine i mean most of their albums get really really strong reviews so maybe yeah. last time i listened to it was what 2015 2000 early 2016 yeah so i you know i was I haven't listened to them that much but um I did look on Metacritic and they all have sort of mid scores of mid eighties, which is really good. Yeah. Like for 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 a band to be that consistent over mm. eight records is is remarkably yeah. good. And even you know, like they can do slightly more. I think you know the title track and um, 
uh, sorry, the first song, um, I should say, um, and Where Is Her Head, you know, they're, they're a little bit more, I don't know if upbeat is the right word, but sort of, certainly up-tempo, and they don't just rely on, a lot of, the, a lot of this re- relies on sort of fragile-sounding vocals. Yeah. Which I'd is say, cool, but, I, you know, it's not, because it's an hour, and you would think, like, an hour of that yeah <laughs> it's, it's gonna be quite hard work but there's there's well I, I i often complain about records being too long on this show mm. uh as long-time listeners will know and um i did the 16 tracks 63 minutes is this really gonna keep my attention mm. there's enough wicked ideas and enough cool things that it goes into to yes absolutely capture my attention throughout yeah. it doesn't doesn't feel like a long hour at all um and I, well, I'd like to briefly talk about it lyrically as well. It's, some of the lyrics on this album are absolutely astonishing. Mate, there is a bit in... I mean, I was going to say, if you don't find... Here's, here's what I would consider to be the acid test of this, because this like my this part of the song in um, Not In Kansas, I think that's the kind of... That's the hotspot for me. The kind of, I would say... Where is it? So Father by the Pool, her father in the pool is like a minute long instrumental. And from that period, from this father in the pool, where is her head? Not in Kansas. So far, so fast. And dust swirls in strange light. Dust swirls in strange light, oh, by the way, yeah. that it has got, is almost a cappella. Yeah. It's uh, with like kind of le- these layered vocals of sort of, it sounds like four or five female voices. Um, yes. It's, it's fucking, uh, there is instrumentation in it, but it's very, very low very in the subtle. mix. It's very, very subtle. And, it's like the 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 voices of it you know the kind of the vocal performance on that song is, is unbelievable but that to me is the and actually like the next song hairpin turns and rylan actually right to the end yeah i think the second half of this record what i'm trying to say is great but um for me the kind of the acid test uh not in kansas has got a line in the last verse that says time has come now to stop being human time to find a new creature to be be a fish or a weed or a sparrow for the earth has grown tired and all of your time has expired. And if you don't find that line beautifully poetic, especially the way that it's delivered, I mean, I'm not giving it anywhere near the amount of kind of emotive weight that the song gives it. If you don't find that, I thought that was just because this is about life, isn't it? It feels like it's about life and mortality and the journey that your life goes on and how your life's going to end and the feelings that you start to have as you get to certain periods of your life. Those are all things that I took from the record. That line felt like such a like unbelievably brilliant way to describe coming to terms with your own mortality. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking brilliant. And if that doesn't, I, I, I would say if you're not sort of moved by that line, mm, mm. this probably isn't the album for you. <laughs> yeah. And that's beautifully delivered by the, by the three vocalists I mentioned before. Um, Gail Andorsi, uh, Lisa Hannigan and Kate Stables. Like it's, it is one of those, you know, sun breaking through the cloud moments mm. is absolutely beautiful. I wanted to point out um, there, are, I'm like, I could read the majority of the lyric sheet for this record, to be honest, as, as highlights, but um, there's a lovely dual vocal on Oblivions, which is clearly about. It just feels like it's about like marriage and being unsure about going into it and sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and the vocals basically, it's the way you say yes when I ask you to marry me. You don't know what you are doing. Do you think you can carry me over this threshold over and over again until Oblivion? 
you know <laughs> and it's just like yeah it's poet yeah. it's, it's the poeticness of it isn't mm. it you know and the self-doubt and the fear that uh you won't be good enough for someone yeah. uh who is dedicating their entire life to you mm. i guess uh, and i think that is beautifully uh, beautifully expressed i think mm. is it's incredible mm. it's incredible records there's also sharon von etten who we're going to be talking about in a little bit as well yeah. in her solo album she's also on this record as well um yeah i mean i think i've grossly underestimated how good Unless this is by far and away their best album, which it might be, you never know. I think maybe I've sort of grossly misunderstood how good this band were. And I think maybe they just weren't the right band for me at that time. But this is just this is one of the this is what got to be one of the contenders for a top ten place when we yeah. come to doing album of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, year, definitely. I would say. Feels because, like a proper special album. Yeah, this. because this is really of uh, a very, very significant quality. And the other thing I quite like about it is now, again, I've been, I've had a few people going, every time you talk about some band that are a new band or a band from sort of outside rock and, you know, we are from a rock and metal background predominantly. Um, so we rarely get albums like this in advance. And it's, you know, it's tough to try and sort of nudge our way into the more alternative indie hip hop world whatever um but that is something that we're interested in and that's what we want to do so um i like that this can sound kind of lo-fi but also at the same time it's got the kind of the grandeur of a band like the 1975 and i think we were quite nice to the 1975 to mm -hmm. be fair um, i think this is way ahead of it but yeah i think this is way way ahead of it yeah mm -hmm. Like, absolutely, I totally agree with you. I think this is way ahead of the 1975. I think but all, all of the things that were being said about that album from those critics that we sort of pointed out, I, I, I'm I, kind of like, that stuff is what you should be saying about this record, yes. I feel. Yeah. That's what I think as well. Eight albums in, you know, they're not a new band by any stretch of the imagination, but they certainly are not afraid to use... In fact, you, I mean, I don't know enough to know how how influential this has been on a lot of these bands because it does sound very current in the sort of in the indie alternative sphere like it sounds like the sort of thing which you know 1975 or bon Iver would possibly do yeah it doesn't remind it there's nothing vaguely sort of retro about it it feels yeah i agree it feels very current yeah but so, without without putting in annoying things which are going to date it yes that's true yeah exactly right so there you go um a really really great record it's by the national uh it's called i am easy to find and um if you're looking for something which is uh i, oh, I don't even know how to explain it something kind of melodic and beautiful and stirring uh then i think this is for you I just agree with all of those sentiments. It's, it's a brilliant, brilliant album. And it's really nice to say something really positive about a really big band yeah. outside of the rock and metal scene. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because, you know, we've done big hitters. We've done Paul Weller mm -hmm. and the so specials. on and so forth. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Brown. there's always been a bit of a lukewarm reception, at least from one of us. But yeah. th this, this, is, this is properly brilliant. Yeah. It's really good. Really, really good. Uh, right, let's move on to something else. Uh, the standard doesn't really... It changes, <laughs> and but now it doesn't for something really drop. Different. Another album that comes out on the same day, Weeping Choir by Full of Hell. Full of Hell. Uh, full of Hell. 
fourth album from the Maryland Grindcore Kings, the follow-up to 2017's very, very, very excellent trumpeting yeah. ecstasy, which was one of my favourite records of that particular yeah. year Brilliant. of a very, very good year, let's be perfectly yeah. honest. Um, recorded at God City Studios once again with Kurt Ballou. Cool. Brilliant. Um, they are uh, full of hell. I mean, I'm not going to go through their, their, you know, fourth full-length album, but my God, they've done... So many splits, splits so many collaborations, yeah, so albums, many EPs, EPs, all kinds of stuff. It's like. ridiculously difficult to keep up. Yeah, it is difficult with what they do, mm. but uh, the standard is pretty, pretty constant. Yeah, although I do love high. getting a full of hell full length. Yes, as do and I. Just being like, this is obviously something which they are happy to put out just as them and their album in full. Although we should stress that a full of hell full length is, what is this, 25 minutes? Yeah, it's not long. No. Not um, long For me, they are one of the most experimental grind bands out there. The yeah. tempos that they come up with um, on a song like, there's a song that's called Aria of Jewel's Tears, which almost sounds like a machine gun going off. Um, yes. Incredible. Yes. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> like, it, I know people do say, you know, oh, metal bands have that kind of machine gun. T- you know, I don't mean that. I mean, it actually does sound like there's a gun and then there's a sample of something and then the band kind of replicate that on it. It's like what Metallica were trying to achieve at the end of one, mm. which does still sound very powerful. I'm not dissing the end of one. I mean, that's no, an incredible no, no. song, but... Um, I guess with modern production techniques and all that kind of thing, th- and 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 a good drummer, let's face it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this yeah, I know exactly what you mean. This song starts and it's like, is that a riff or is it a machine gun? Yeah, and you Sounds could amazing. go, you know, I guess to the initiated, if you're someone who's coming and going, oh, they're reviewing the national. Let's listen to this podcast. <laughs> I now have been sort of confronted with this horrible grindcore band. You might just be able to put on any kind of grindcore or death metal band and think that they all sound the same. But trust me, Full of Hell do things in a really, really different way to the way that the majority of their peers do things. In fact, I would go as far as to say, take out... They've got to be close to being talked about in terms of what they're doing to the genre. They've got to be close to being talked about in the same way as Pig Destroyer or Napalm Death. Yes, maybe Easily. not. Obviously, Napalm Death are the ones, but I think they're to to get this deep into this genre's yeah uh, like timeline, and for them to still do things where you go, well, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's amazing. I think a large part of it is uh, Dylan Walker, who's the vocalist, mm. uh, but he also does electronics. Yeah, um, and uh, I mean, firstly to discuss his vocals he sounds psychotic mm. um he he sounds absolutely vicious mm. like i mean i feel i feel like any time i've described a vocal a vocalist as brutal or vicious or violent or whatever beforehand i've been i've been using those words inappropriately because because dylan walker is so much more vicious than all of them. Pretty yeah. much, I mean, it's incredible what he does with the vocals. You can still make out what he's saying as well. Yeah, I know. It's it's he's just an amazing vocalist. But the electronic uh, 
things <laughs> mm-hmm. that he sprinkles these songs with uh the box of tricks that he plays with it's just well it makes it sound hellish uh it's a similar sort of thing to i mean code orange do it with sort of hardcore yes yeah and they do it with, and it actually as as odd as that is and as unusual and as fucking just brilliant as that is because everyone knows i'm a fucking mark for you know i love code orange and I think that they do is really, really uniquely brilliant in that sphere. That's kind of what Full of Hell are doing in a different genre, in a heavier cool. genre. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, the, the similarities are... I think there are similarities between a band like Code Orange and Full of Hell in just yeah. in different genres. I think what, what, they're do, you know, what they're doing to Grindcore is... Taking is, is refusing to follow the rule book. Yeah, is deliberately, willfully ignoring the rule book. Well, it's two bands who are just using experimentation and trying to push the boundaries of mm. what um, some would perceive as a very uh, not a, not a very broad genre. Yeah, and to be honest, the way that most bands play grindcore or hardcore, even yeah. It's, it isn't a very know, broad they, genre. Well, those, but you know, there's a formula. Yeah, to yeah, be, yeah, yeah. To be yeah. fucked with, yeah. and I have to say, like for me, the, the 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 I say like the tempos and the weird shit that goes on in the background of this album um, make this just an incredibly disorientating listen from start to finish. All 25 minutes of it, I think, is very very interesting. But the the six and a half minute long and they always do mm. stick in a long fucking yeah. weird song in their albums usually there's a song called armory, um, armory of, of Oz- obsidian Ob- glass. obsidian glass um the what last actually. 90 seconds of that mm. i mean it's a brilliant song but the last 90 seconds of that is electronic feedback mm-hmm. grindcore riffs mm-hmm. just screaming mm-hmm. and operatic vocals and mm-hmm. it's one of the weirdest things you yep. will ever hear I wrote in my mo- notes for that song, uh, moans in the background that sound like an orgy in hell. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> when I say hell, I mean a nightclub I went to in Nottingham once. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's fucking mental, isn't it? It's insanity. <laughs> yeah. It's that just, song is unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's so good. fucking brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, I thought, I thought to myself, I thought Trumpet in Ecstasy was just fucking brilliant. And it did have, again, a seven minute long song at the end. And it was like, here's loads of different ways where you can kind of meld electronics and grindcore. And it felt like fucking sick. Like, oh my God, this is yeah. super exciting. Yeah. But I think in terms of songwriting and in terms of pushing things even further, I think they might have even pushed it further again. I do. But the first time I heard this record, I went, is this better than trumpeting? It's trumpeting ecstasy. Yeah. I was like, is this better than trumpeting ecstasy? Because it took me a little while to get into trumpeting ecstasy. Actually, it took me a little while to get into this band. I actually saw them uh, with Converge at uh, the Blood Moon show. Right. Okay. Yeah. And they, um, you know, they were great, but the sound was fucking terrible, and it was not a great way to be introduced to mm. them. So it took me a little while. But then everyone was going on trump- about trumpeting ecstasy, so I listened to that. I was like, oh, holy shit! Yeah. I get this now. Um, but I didn't. I kind of thought, and I think a lot of people thought that that may well be their kind of magnum opus. Mm. I I did, yeah. And the first time I listened to Weeping Cry Choir, I was like, "Fucking hell!" I think it might actually be better than Trumpeting Ecstasy. Now that I've had it for a few weeks, I'm certain it's better. I'm pretty damn certain. I, I prefer it. I think 
yeah, it, it's oddly more experimental, but <laughs> catchier. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's bonkers, isn't it? Which like, is mad. And music like this shouldn't be catchy. No. Has uh, got no right to be catchy. And especially when you're this willfully kind of obtuse and deliberately yeah. experimental. But, the, but because of that, because they're so different, those songs stay with you. Oh, yeah. I think, you, I, you know, I like grindcore and I listen to a lot of different grindcore bands just because... I like screaming, <laughs> <laughs> I like noise, but uh, you know, very rarely do I go, that's a great record yeah. or that's a, what a great song or yeah. normally I just go, yeah, grindcore. Like I was listening to um, Brutal Truth the other day ah, and after yeah. sort of, and you know, and they're considered one of the, the you know, the absolute kind of kings of, of grindcore and you know, Sounds of the Animal Kingdom is fucking great. Um, but half of it, just sort of passes me by and I go, yeah, and I've forgotten what's happened come the end of it. Yeah. Because it's a blur of like constant, you know, 30 odd songs or whatever. Um, whereas this, it fucking stays with you. You go, oh, that one afterwards. Nails at it a bit, didn't they? Well, I was about, actually, I was about to um, compare it to the last Anal Nathrak record. Yeah. Which I thought had that, which I loved, ended up in my top 20 of last year. But I, I thought had that amazing, properly extreme sound, but also being catchy at the same time. Yeah. I think the last Pig Destroyer record yeah. had an element of that. That's not as extreme as either of those two albums that you've spoken about before. I mean, the Pig Destroyer album, I was going to mention Pig Destroyer because Pig Destroyer now, to me, this is not an insult, but I think we said it at the time, metal fans, just normal metal fans, don't have to be an extreme metal fan to like Pig Destroyer. Any kind of metal fan could probably enjoy something from Pig Destroyer. I think Pig Destroyer have not dialed down intensity or sold. I'm not trying to say that in any way whatsoever. But I do think that this is, there's no, you know, there's no lack of extremity on this. This is a grindcore no. record. The last Pig Destroyer album, there were metal songs on it. Yeah. Actual metal, yeah. Pantera. We were talking about Pantera and yeah. Lamb of God. I still, I still feel like Head Cage is the last Pig Destroyer record is, with, it is, an extreme metal record, but I, I yes, I, yeah. I predominantly agree with you. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, but no, this record is really fucking extreme. Uh, mm. But like you say, catchy, yeah. <laughs> surprisingly. And I think, I think, well, Nails would be the other one that I would compare yeah. to a little bit. You know, Nails obviously behaves, their behavior has been pretty poor over the last sort of couple of years. They've not really come around that much and they've been a bit, they've split, so they're going to split up and blah, blah. So everyone's been a bit like, oh, now I think this is much more experimental than nails but they've also like you can you 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 re are like reminded of or you can remember nails riffs yes like when you listen to that album a couple times you're like oh yeah this one this one being able to pick out songs from a grindcore album mm -hmm. is it doesn't happen that much no because yeah. you just go blah for fucking 20 minutes or whatever and then you go wow that was exciting yeah and you put it on again yeah. um or that's that's why i do anyway but with with a full of hell i have you know, I can make you a list of my 20 favourite yeah, Full of Hell songs exactly. or whatever. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, this is fucking great. Do essentially. You, is there any downsides to it at all? Um, I don't think there can be in 24 minutes when, you, when so much is going on. I mean, I guess maybe Army of Ob Ob Obsidian Glass mm -hmm. might have been better being the last song. Because oh, I like the fact that it's in the middle because it's unexpected. Uh, it's it's the expected thing to do yeah, to have true. the last song be the long yeah. epic. And, and I like actually, the fact when that when there's a song that comes after Cimmeril, yes, 
which just is so fucking out. It just comes like, ah! yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 which is a really nice contrast. No, I like, I, I like the fact yeah, that it's in the middle. Right. It feels, it feels unusual. Um, I have one tiny, tiny minor criticism, um, mm. which is simply there's a song called what song? There's a three odd minute and three minutes for this record. Bearing in mind that most of the songs on the album are uh, just under two minutes. Ninety seconds, yeah. Um, it's quite long called Rainbow Coil, which mm. is basically noise. Yep. Um, and I mean, I just felt it could have been a little bit shorter. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's my minor criticism. That's Apart fair. from that, I think. Actually, yeah, I think that brilliant. comes in too early as well. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's too because early. Because you've it's only like the had. Fourth track, isn't it? You've had five minutes of the record at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly and then you're you being confronted break. with weird mm. noise. Um, I don't mind the weird noise being on it, and I know I know it to to an extent. It's kind of like leached had that element to them, yeah. didn't they? We, we talked about a few months ago. It is that element of being a little bit antagonistic, and but you know, I mean, I'm probably gonna skip it on future listings if that makes sense. Pussy, I am a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. No, you're not, mate. But you're you not, know, I like like, like the amount. Of, but you know, <laughs> that's it. Like that, that's the only negative I have for this record. Um, mm. It like one track could have been maybe shaved off a minute. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, so. it's really good. This really, really good. It's out now. It's called Weeping Choir by Full of Hell. And if you like, well, the opposite of what I said about the National, then you <laughs> will fucking love it. But do you know what? We've reviewed two albums that have come out this week. And both of them, are brilliant. absolutely exceptional. I think. Yeah, yeah. both they are couldn't brilliant. be more different. Yeah, musically sounding. Both are brilliant. Both exceptional examples of their field. They're both really good. There's no reason why you shouldn't like both of them. Give me one reason why you shouldn't like both of them. Uh, what, me? Yeah. Uh, anyone? Uh, well, I'm the only one here, so. Bonjour. <laughs> There is no reason. Uh, you get so antagonistic when people don't like heavy music, Steve. <laughs> no, 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 I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm just saying that there's... Well, no, yeah, the thing is, I, I don't understand. When people go, oh, it's too heavy for me, I don't understand that. It's either good or it's not, isn't it? Surely. Music in general is either good yeah. or it's not. But there's you a... There's enjoy a... It or, if you're saying something, oh, it's too heavy, I don't think that's a that's not a good excuse for not liking something. I think you have a, have to have a certain type of constitution to enjoy yeah, heavy sounds. Maybe, but I think oh, do you? I don't know. I just think that's a cop out. I think you haven't tried. <laughs> I think you no, I do. I think you haven't really. You haven't tried. You don't want it. It's fine. Just say I don't want. I don't want to try. Uh, I, I, mean, I don't believe. If I don't believe someone could listen to this, and and the and understand the context of it and understand what it is and go it's it's this is crap i don't think they would i've always thought that there's a psychology of a metalhead that um unites us in the sense that you understand it's something that you feel like you can get where that 90 percent of the population doesn't necessarily and i think that's what i think that's what that thing is like it being able to enjoy <laughs> like hearing these sounds and being adrenalized by them let's say rather mm. than put off by them yeah i mean maybe i i still like for me i i just think someone who says that i just think you're being 
you 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 obviously don't care to listen to things within the, because I I obviously I bet you like horror films. I bet you like thrillers. I bet you don't don't but, just listen to don't just watch comedy films. But you? some people can't stand horror films. Like some people really struggle with them. Well, maybe yeah. Okay, that's fine. I let them off. <laughs> I you know some yeah a few people do, but who goes? Oh, horror films are you know they're they're awful. They're rubbish. Like I don't you know that's a different thing. I don't know. I just think, <laughs> I just don't think that's a very good criticism. This is too heavy. No, it's not a very that's good like criticism. Getting, no, you know, that's I agree like, with that. That's like getting a tuna sandwich and going. It's too fishy. Not even it's too fishy. Like getting a tuna sandwich and going. It's got. Can you not stand on the computer, Bonjour? Why? <laughs> Why are you being like this tonight? It's been alright. Anyway, prick. she's yeah. It's like getting a tuna sandwich and going. The the crusts are too long. <laughs> like that's not a valid. That's not a valid um, criticism of your sandwich. Everyone knows the crusts are the worst bit of the sandwich, though. Oh, well, babies. What a baby if you don't <laughs> like the crusts. Um, she's just typed the word S into our next uh, review. The, the letter, has, technically. The letter, yeah. What do I call it? The word. The word S. <laughs> it's a word now. Um, so, it actually, she's deleted the, the name of the, the next album. It's called Remind like, Me Tomorrow, which is ironic, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Because <laughs> uh, you have to remind me now. So, anyway, these are albums that um, that we've we've kind of been listening to throughout the year. So, those two, The National and Full of Hell, they have come out on Friday. But we're going to give you eight albums that we think are really good, starting with this one from Sharon Van Etten. The album is called Remind Me Tomorrow. Thanks, Renfrey. You're very um, welcome. And it is the fifth studio album by the American singer-songwriter, uh, which came out in January. And, um, uh, you know, pretty different to Full of Hell. But kind of <laughs> Full of Hell sandwiching Sharon Van Etten's work um, because she was obviously on the national album as well. Uh, she promoted this album, I don't know if you know this, by playing a song um, on Ellen DeGeneres' show. I didn't know that. Though. Yeah. So that's, again, she gives you some sort of idea that we're, again, veered wildly into yeah. a, a completely different We're not world. in full of hell territory um, anymore. She was also in the in the show, The OA. Uh, yes. If any of you watch that. You seen The OA? I, 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 sorry, this cat is driving me fucking What's she doing? <laughs> Come on, you. Time to get out. Come on. You've blown it. I'm, I'm afraid, Bonjour. You've absolutely blown it. Come on, get down. Off you go. Sorry, we had your chance. You're fucking smashing the place up. You have to go now. Ah. Ah, there we go. Um, I'm sorry, Steve. Could you ask that question again? Yeah, so she was on the OA, the TV show. This is on Netflix. Have you seen the OA? I have not seen the OA. Right. I've heard very... Some people seem to either love it uh, and some people hate it. Yeah, it's it shit. Seems. It's oh, you didn't like it? Load of old shite. Okay. I hated was she it. good? Uh, I don't know which one she was, to be honest. Righto. Um, so I couldn't tell you. Okay. But I can't really tell you much about this, Renfrey. I thought, I've got to be honest, this did very little for me. Oh, really? Mm. Oh. I, I, what I did like of it, uh, I respect it more than I like it. Uh-huh. Because you brought this in, I should say that straight away. For me, it's kind of part modern pop, part kind of folk. Some bits it reminded me a bit of Florence and the Machine. But the part of it that I like the most was when it almost went sort of flaming lipsy. There's a sort of flaming lips, psychedelic, like what's going on quality to some bits of it. I'm not sure that she absolutely nails any of it, but I do respect the artistic vision of this yeah. person. Okay. I think, um, I, th- I, th- I think she's just a fantastic singer songwriter. And, um, I kind of, uh, missed this album at the beginning of the year. I think partly I wanted to bring it in because 
I think sometimes there's a perception with singer-songwriters um, in that like, oh, it's just a person and a guitar and there's not an awful lot you can do with that and blah, 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 blah. And Sharon Vanison, especially with this album, is full just band, so far removed from that. Yeah. Not only is it full band, it's just more kind of like the most predominant... Uh, the most predominant instrumentation on this record is probably synths or electronics of some kind or some like there's a song on it it's track three uh, it's called memorial day where i think the main part i'm i'm not even sure what it is my guess is that it's a brass instrument which has been massively um electronified <laughs> uh that's the correct word and um mm. it, it's it basically is like a that's that's the riff brilliantly interpreted by mm. myself there interpreted wow <laughs> <laughs> wow um uh but i she she gets very cool sounding songs out of experimentation and weird ass stuff and i love that a lot of weird stuff on it yeah definitely yeah. i kind of like the idea i like the approach i like the stuff like i say didn't not a lot of it really stuck with me there's a song called malibu that i like malibu's great um malibu's i thought that was really great. good i thought there's a song called comeback kid as well that i thought was comeback good kid. as well yeah they were both really the, good C- comeback kid has this <laughs> so well i'm gonna go against that's, everything i've ever said uh in the past it has this great 80s pop production on it. yes that's <laughs> yeah. yes uh, and yes i like it how yeah. how has yeah. this happened well that's uh, the kind of the flaming lips bit of it yeah. i quite like about yeah. it yeah. is that does feel like you're in this kind of bubblegum world but yeah. in this weird sort of lo-fi indie bubblegum like pop world yeah uh and that's really cool and i do like that i think there are a few good songs in it but overall as a record 41 minutes long it didn't make me want to listen to any of her other stuff really she's very okay. good on the nationals album though i have to say she's brilliant on the nationals yeah. album um i i think she's a really interesting singer songwriter and like she's quite big i mean she's the roundhouse quite recently she did yeah um and um i think she can be very <sighs> open and naked um metaphorically obviously um within these songs so the very first song on it is called i told you everything and it's just sort of four chords over and then all this electronic stuff comes in but it feels like she's sitting down and having a sort of confessional conversation Mm. with well i don't know the listener like a boyfriend a a uh uh it could, it could be anyone but it doesn't really matter who it is yeah. it's just the sort of confessional nature of it um and um sometimes it's very conversational you know there's like really odd swears which are thrown into it and stuff like that but it's it's i think she's a really really interesting um i mean i don't know i was trying to think of i wanted to do for fans of for all of these albums and i kind of came up with pj harvey Chelsea Wolf and Marissa Nadler and I think she has elements of all three of those artists without ever actually sounding like any of them if that makes sense yeah which is I, why I feel she's interesting I mean when I say I mean I would say it's Florence and the Machine Florence and the Machine yeah, Flaming Lips yeah yeah and, and, and actually I don't think either of those five things that we've just said I don't think either of them are wrong mm. uh, I think they're all as relevant as as each other yeah, which kind of right. shows how, where she goes in the space of just 40 yeah what is it 42 43 minutes yeah i really lo- I, I really love this record i think it's really cool i've been listening to it a lot cool. so. all right well good i mean you know like i say 
I didn't really get, maybe I need a bit more time with it. I didn't really get a lot out of it. I've got to be perfectly honest. I said I didn't get a lot out of it. The, what I did get out of it is I thought this is a very, very talented person. Yeah, massive. Uh, and a very, very interesting artist. And if she's playing the Roundhouse, she's playing on Ellen and stuff. You know, good that mainstream music is... I mean, we spoke about the Billie Eilish album a week ago or a couple of weeks ago. and Apparently it's Eilish. I was Eilish. corrected by some 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 kids. Fucking kids. One of those uh, kids. You know that kid that works at Nuclear Blast? He corrected me on this. So. Uh, what, Joe? The 12-year-old, yeah. Hey, Joe. Uh, yeah, so... Um, well, anyway, you know, like, I think there's a bit of that in it as well. Obviously, she's older and whatever. But um, she's an interesting artist, I think. Uh, it's just I didn't... It didn't. I didn't have the sort of urge to listen to more of it. It didn't wow me. Like I think that's all fair enough. Things. I, 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 I would have been, I would have been upset if you were like, I think it's shit. But, but you, you know, if it's not for you, that's fair dues. But you've acknowledged that she's clearly really good at what she's doing and yeah. bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. So, so there you go. Uh, Remind me tomorrow by Sharon Van Etten is out now. Let's move on to our next record, which comes from a band who have come back. This is an older band. Um, Idiot Pilot. The album's called Blue Blood. It's the third album from the Washington-based post-hardcore band. The last one they did was Wolves in 2007. They uh, returned after a hiatus. And unlike a lot of bands who return after a hiatus, who just go, we're back, we're going to tour for four years, and then we might do an album when you're sick of us. Um, uh, also, you don't get sick of us. They <laughs> came straight back with an album i love i love the fact that they came, the the way that they came back with this so the reason i missed this term uh, the reason i missed this first time around i love idiot pilot but there was so little build up to it yeah it was just um, yeah, i remember that actually just but, came out didn't yeah it? it just sort of you know so basically they hadn't posted on social media since 2012 or something like that mm. and then three weeks before the album came out they posted again for the first time ever yeah three weeks later it was out and available mm. and you know and i remember i was like oh i must get around to that idiot pilot album and usually we're given you know quite quite a while with you know <laughs> releases mm. like this uh and by the time i got around to listening to it i realized it had come out on that day and i was like shit yeah. <laughs> we missed it yeah. um but uh what are your do, did you have a relationship with idiot pilot no i knew to who they were Mm-hmm. that's it basically i knew who they were they came out a little bit after my interest in sort of post hardcore and you know emo was starting to wane a little bit i think so the first album came out in what 2004 five, four or five 2004 or five so by that point i was starting to be less interested in that type of music so i saw their name about a lot i uh-huh. remember them being out um and then I, but i never paid any attention to them before a band or a duo i should say because yeah, they are predominantly them, predominantly yeah. a duo um who are massively respected by an enormous amount of people and who have collaborated with enormous uh with with people who uh we both like a lot um in most cases um so just a few little factoids here predominantly about wolves actually um so wolves was produced by ross robinson this is the last album before but co-produced by mark hoppus your favorite from from blink 182 yeah uh, the drummer on that album was Chris Penny, was formerly it? of Dillinger Escape Plan and Coheed and Cambria. Um, bar one track where Travis, Travis Barker played drums, uh, who, whatever you think of Blink-182, it's, it's clearly, good drummer, yeah, clearly it's amazing drummer. Um, and Chino Marino is a big fan uh, and he took them out on tour with Team Sleep. Uh, and yeah. there's also, there's a version of Teenager on the B-Size and Rarities disc um, of the Deftones. That, yes, I'm aware of it. And it's called uh, Idiot Version. 
and mm. it is Idiot Pilot remixing Teenager. Right. So that's that's where that comes from. Blah, 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 blah. So there's a few little facts. A few little facts. Um, but this ultimately was the first Idiot Pilot album that I listened to. What did you think of it? I think it's good. I think <laughs> it's decent, is okay. what I think. Okay. I think it sounds a little bit... It sounds like they've come back and they've started and they've done the thing they did before, which unfortunately sounds a bit dated. Oh, okay. I'm. Mm, I don't know if that's true, actually. Um, I. It, well, it, I don't it, know if it sounds like what it sounded like before, but I did listen to it and I was like, okay, yeah, this is very much a band who were one of who f- it felt like you know there's a bit of Deftones in there yeah. there's a bit of Muse in there yeah, yeah, yeah there's a um there's a bit of Thrice in there as well yeah um I think they're not as good as any of them apart from Muse um uh, <laughs> everyone's as good as Muse uh but it was it was it was it was good I think if it had come out as a debut record I might have gone oh they're quite good although they seem to be very heavily leaning on the influences of a a different time which people don't seem to be leaning on that much yeah not not very many of these albums that sound like this come out these days do they unless True. they're by very very established bands and obviously they're established to a certain to a degree but degree not in the same people, way as either of way. those bands yeah i i think i really like this record because because people don't really make records like this anymore yeah that's a fair show kind of but there was another interesting parallel parallel i thought that in a way sort of alternative kind of rock but also kind of not there's a lot of electronic elements in this as well duo i was like who is that a bit like a little you know and the songs are very uh difficult to put all into one genre and you know there's a lot of different stuff going on on this album yeah a little bit like 21 pilot 10 round pilots isn't it hmm um it's got the word pilot in there yeah that's right i have to say i think idiot pilot are much better I'm, I'm, I say that I don't. We actually ended up reviewing that Twenty One Pilots album. This is better than that. Yeah. Didn't yeah, didn't mind it at all. When uh, Trench, the last Twenty One Pilots album, is good, I actually think it's very good. Yeah. Um, you just have to say the word jumpsuit to me, and I'm going jumpsuit, jumpsuit. Yeah, you well, know. I'll make sure I never do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but I just, I I think this has a similar feel to it in that like you know all the songs are quite different from one another but it feels a little bit more cohesive than um that 21 pilots stuff um and i just i i think there is some really wicked stuff on this record like uh silver needle just sounds so massive it's track 10 track 10 um really expansive lush chords has a kind of sort of deftonesy-esque vibe to it uh, really instrument, uh, interesting instrumentation that marks it out from other rock bands. And I think they just kind of... I, it's nice to hear a band who are melodic and who a lot of people could listen to and like yeah, and true, don't don't have those barriers. And, you know, if this, if this was a rock band that was being represented uh, in the mainstream, say, I'm not saying they are, but if they were, I'd... L- I'd be very happy to hear this stuff on radio mm. and go, yeah, that's what's like rock a long is now. way away from the sort of stuff that you would hear on radio. I think um, it feels like a different time. So, I mean, that's what I mean. It feels like, it, in terms of, does it have mainstream appeal? Uh, feels like a very, very different time. I think you're probably this. right, but then at the same time, you know, that's not the thing. End doesn't make it a good or bad album. Yeah, there's there's nothing sonically in terms of the sonics of it. There's nothing 
on it that I think would be sonically too difficult for radio, if that makes sense. No, I mean, I think you might be giving the general public way too much credit because this isn't <laughs> always a particularly easy listen. This is quite a complex record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite a complex and... So uh, Black Peaks, though. Yeah, so Black Peaks, yeah. True. And they, they're um, on Radio 1, daytime. They are, yeah. And I bet people turn over quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, that. possibly, possibly, <laughs> uh, possibly. But but I'm, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm just saying... To if, capital. I'm saying if... if, um, if yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... For me, Black Peaks are a far better band than, than Idiot Pilot just because the one thing about this record, if I do, because I thought this was quite good. And the reason why I'm not going it's good rather than quite good is that I like kind of, I like, like you, I grew up listening to a lot of this stuff. Mm. I like everything about it, production wise, the sound wise, the actual genre it comes from, the fact that it does remind me of, you know, bands that I really like and Muse. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's enough. I, what I want is then big fuck off choruses and i'm not sure it's got enough big fuck off choruses on it oh okay that's uh, the only uh, thing in comparison with black peaks yeah yeah, yeah who yeah. really do like it feels like if you were to put this like the one if you if you're going to compare the two and obviously they're they're not the same band, no exactly they're, the same they're really band. not but if you were to go one of these going we've only got room for one on the radio it's you know on the strength of being able to write massive choruses alone black peaks is it's a no-brainer for me uh it's slightly it's it's difficult because i'm if i'm thinking of their career as a whole i don't know it's a little bit tricky yeah well, I know you're not there. no 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 i know what you mean um well yes maybe but i do i would say that when the choruses on this album are big and absolutely massive like i don't know songs like sideways or saboteur. sideways is the one sideways is great, sideways what you're about to say saboteur yeah. i think mammoth as well is good i was about to say mammoth as well yeah fantastic uh, i think when they're big they are and then silver needle i'm gonna throw in as well yeah i think they are fucking monstrous and i love the fact that they often do something slightly off kilter with these massive choruses so you know maybe they'll just like throw a chord in which you're the, the chord pattern will be following us a, a certain very traditional chord sequence, which you may not even consciously know, but you'll subconsciously realize it. And then it just throws you off by throwing in the wrong quote unquote chord yeah. next. And, and they do that a lot. Um, and I really like that about them. Um, I also felt like I'm slightly worried to say this because I think you're just going to bark at me they reminded me of uh failure <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah no they do sound like fa- again they, they are not to, for me for my money failure right so their songwriting skill is like it dwarfs them for me but i can see what you're saying I, tone tonally tonally and in the manner that they write lots of different style of st- styles of things but yet managed to make it sound cohesive um i am not going to sit here and say that i think idiot pilot are better than failure i do not think they are as wide apart as you do though i don't think okay fair enough well anyway look you know they're very well respected by a lot of people and i imagine if you're a fan you've probably heard this already but Uh, if you're not and you're into that kind of you're into that scene then you should bloody give them a listen it's decent um idiot pilot blue blood right the next album we're going to talk about um is called part island and it comes from latitudes the uh hertfordshire band uh making 
ethereal metal for four albums now this is their fourth album yeah. they feel like a bit of a well-kept secret within the british yeah. metal scene yeah to be fair and latitudes i've seen them before have you um i remember seeing them and remember thinking it's cool that this band are a band who uh are intense but it doesn't feel like they need to rely on screamed vocals. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and this record is pretty much clean singing from beginning it, to end. It, well, it is, it is, it is 100% it clean is, singing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the fact that I even questioned it when I knew it wasn't, but yep. because it's still heavy. But there's that's the thing. There is the... They use... Um, it's it's We've disc- discussed before the different meanings of heavy and like what it can mean and and the the manner in which they create heaviness is really interesting it's very Mm. epic it's very uh it reminds me of bands like they remind me a little bit of catatonia not the not the welsh catatonia Uh, i was gonna say uh leprous um a little bit leprous yeah they're like earlier um, earlier kind of mid-period like for anathema Mm -hmm. even when they go clean Opeth and Enslaved, I don't think, are yep. a million miles away yep. from them. I think because the band... they're grand, aren't they? These songs yes, are grand. really grand, really epic. They feel, you know, I imagine most reviews of this record will talk about the journey of the album, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, it undoubtedly does have a kind of journey to it. The band they remind me the most of, actually, are that amazing band Coma, uh, as in K-H-O-M-A. Uh, the Swedish band. The Swedish. Were they Swedish? No, they were Icelandic. Oh, they were on Roadrunner Records. Yeah, they're on Roadrunner Records. They're a Scandinavian band. Who uh, came out in about 2004, something like that? Yeah, their Ooh. album, The Second Wave, is it? Yeah, it's just brilliant, phenomenal. Brilliant. Um, brilliant. But then they're not as well known as those other bands. But I, I think they're, they're kind of interesting in the sense that uh, they say primarily that their um, influences are to things like Neurosis and Cult of Luna and stuff like that. And I do see that. I definitely see it. But I think the bands we've just named are more what they sound like sonically if that makes sense yes i think so i mean i I get the neurosis and the cult of luna thing because this is seriously somber yeah this record is dark and it's somber um but the fact that they never resort to you know barking up bile and instead you have quite a kind of quite a you know an emotive vocal over the top of it makes it a fairly unique and b it means that you as 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 kind of dark and weighty and somber as it is it never reaches levels of it being crushing and i don't think it needs to no because the record itself like you say is a journey and musically it's very interesting and it does something else but you know cult of luna and neurosis when you think of those bands you kind of predominantly think of like things being like torn to shreds yes ripped, like the whole cr- everything crumbling around you and I well, don't it's, a, get a, a fa- it's a far more uncomfortable listen yes of luna mm. and neurosis and i do feel like you know there are people who just might c- quite like the sounds that metal that produces but just can't get behind screaming or you know screamed yeah. vocals or whatever and unfortunately there aren't many bands that cater to those people and i think latitudes brilliantly would and i i actually do think they're a really good band like i keep going back to this record and 
getting I, I probably listened to it six or seven times and every single time I go back to it I there's something new in it that I really really like mm. um there's I, a I, song I, called the great past yes that, which gets heavy and when that gets heavy like that because I thought you know it starts off very not slowly but it starts off very sort of beautiful. it starts with an acoustic guitar doesn't it yep. it starts with like yep. you know acoustic and it very very slowly reveals itself and it gets to the point where when it gets heavy you're almost surprised, even though it is a metal record, at just how heavy it gets. Yeah. And um, I, I, I should say, sorry, sorry, go on. I, sorry to interrupt. No, you. I interrupted you. Actually, go on. Um, but I should, I should say that you've just reminded me the dynamics on this record. I know I wang on about dynamics all the fucking time, well, but important. holy crap, are the dyna- the dynamics is so wonderfully achieved on this record. Yeah, for sure. And you just reminded me of that with that going from those acoustic passages to when it gets really heavy. It's not because it's sonically heavier than a lot of other releases out. It certainly never gets to like a full of hell intensity or anything like that. But in a way it sounds heavier because it's been, because of this beautiful gentle acoustic part that's come before it. So they've almost got, do you know who they, well, no, they don't remind me. We're talking about a lot of uh, sort of Scandinavian bands, but in terms of the, I think the craft of a band like that, you know Otter by Solstafir. Yes, I mean that album's amazing. Wonderful that record. never gets heavy in the sort of yes, but but it feels really just morose. Yes, Solstafir's um, a great show. Actually, I think actually Solstafir's like, that's just popped into my head because I was thinking, who does this sound like? And that's always what I say about Solstafir's that like yeah. there's no screaming. The 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 guitars are the, uh, yeah the later Solstafir stuff. There's no screaming. Yeah, okay. yeah there's screaming earlier on. Um, yeah. But you know, there's a, a massive lack of screaming. Yeah, there's um, a, you know, quite clean guitars in a lot. A of lot it. of it, and but still, this kind of Nordic heavy, yeah, uh, fog almost mm. that presides over the whole thing. Yeah. So this is an album for people who don't want to be shouted at, but <laughs> like, but like dark stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which isn't you. But you still really like it. Well, it is me because right. I, yeah, because I like this. I don't always want to be shouted at. Um, this is something you go to sleep to. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not, to be fair. Um, but it's very, very good. Uh, yeah. So that's Latitudes, Part Island. Uh, good shout that, man. I love that record. Yeah. I really, really like it's, it. It is very good. Right. Okay. The next record that we're going to talk about. Now, we're getting into it. A London-based collective, currently a trio, called Teeth of the Sea. Um, this is their fifth album. It's called Wraith. They described themselves as the most adventurous psychedelic rock outfit in the UK, which is big talk, Renfrey. Yeah, yeah, very big talk. Big talk for a band to describe themselves in such a manner. Um, I'd never heard of this band before. Oh, had you not? Okay. Never heard of them before, no. Uh, I'm going to let you start. Okay. Um, you have. They are enormously difficult to categorise. Um, I'm going to go with post-jazz electronicists. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm also, actually, I'm going to give a shout out to my good friend Benjamin Bland, uh, who did a review on Drowned in Sound, because uh, I've stolen this quote from him, but it does sum it up very well. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, techno, noise, metal, prog and jazz all battle for the most prominent position resulting in music that is pleasingly unselfconscious in its freewheeling commitment to maintaining its own identity at the expense of easy categorization. Yeah. He's a good writer, isn't he? That's good. Yeah. Well done, Benjamin. Well done. Uh, and fair play, mate. That's fantastic. That's a really good description. Uh, predominantly instrumental. 
But there's a few, yeah. uh, one could say, a post-rock album. You could, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's got a lot of post-rock elements to it, this has. Uh, but with a few female vocals interspersed throughout. Um, very, a very unsettling ambience for a lot of it. Definitely. It's not... Horns as by way of behemoth. Oh, in a lot yeah. Of ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it's, you know, this is a heavy album, which isn't heavy on the distortion. But mm-hmm. but there's a heaviness to it. Yes. Uh, this album is fucking unbelievable. I'm so pleased. It is I'm so pleased you like this. Possibly going to be this year's fucking Ooh. Dose of Dreams, mate. Oh. I don't know, actually. It, <laughs> it's not, you know, that. Like, I can't say that. But at the moment, this is, I'm just like absolutely in awe of this record oh i love that it's cool fucking amazing it remi- do you know what it reminds me of i bought spirit of eden on vinyl the other day because it's great obviously very good i bought um, laughing stock the other day did you yeah very good yeah that's good as well isn't yeah. it um i'm still trying to find uh color of spring that's the one i want on vinyl on vinyl Anyway, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> we, that felt like a private conversation. <laughs> we, li- we like talk talk on this podcast. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so I bought um, Spirit of Eden and uh, and I listened to this and I was like, it's got the same. I couldn't give a fuck about any kind of rules whatsoever. It uses similar instruments, but it's like they've taken the Aphex Twin has taken that and gone, how can I turn this into a, a maelstrom of noise? Mm. So it's lo- it reminds me of talk, the most experimental bits of Talk Talks mixed with the most um, angry bits of Aphex Twin. And you put those two things together, it's just a fucking head fuck, this record. A brilliant head fuck. With, like I say, behemoth style grand as yeah. fuck trumpets yeah, yeah. i'm God. so glad you like it i i I, I really i like this album I, yeah. I i don't like it as much as you do oh mate i, I, th- think, I think it's, it's very good and i i you know i brought this in and i was really curious to hear to know what you think about it but i, I didn't realize it would go this way really really it's, it's so dark i think it's a very good album i think it's great yeah um, do they all sound like this no right because this is dark as fuck, this. It's threatening as well. Yes. This this is borderline like... There's a bit of a menace to it, isn't there? It's like... It's like hardcore punk jazz or something. Electronic <laughs> hardcore jazz. Yeah. Like, it's like black... Like, it's... It, it's like Black Flag playing Miles Davis and being remixed by Utah Saints or something. It's fucking crazy. I understand song. what you're saying... Although I don't want to give people the wrong impression because there isn't any Obvious sonic angle. harshness to it. Or I don't know, mate. I think maybe in the beats and electronic stuff. I but think it can get really dist- like you said. There's no distortion. There's no guitars and there's no shouting. Yeah. There's no riffs. Yeah. But it's it is distorted. Like those. Yes. When those yes. electronic those electronic throbs. Yeah. Are not not distorted. No, yeah, they don't no. make much sense, like in a normal bob your head along way to it. And then you've got some like trumpets in the background. You've got like horn section in the background, yeah. going fucking berserk. Berserk, yeah. And yeah. 
the time the time signatures are all over oh, the oh, place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is an album set up. This is intention wise. It comes from the same school of thought as the Full of Hell album. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is designed to make you go. You're gonna fucking listen to me, and you're gonna go, ah, eh? yeah, like mate. And I, I you know, I love the Full of Hell album. It's fucking brilliant, but it's a grindcore album. I don't get to listen to many. You know, this is a this is a jazz band essentially, a psychedelic jazz rock band. Yeah, kind of. Right? Yeah. So I, I, I don't I normally listen to that type of music, a, eh? and when I do, it don't normally sound like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is fucking exceptional. I think. I don't know. Maybe there are loads of bands that sound like this, but I've not. I don't know of any. I mean, I mean, I, I said that I was trying to do like a for fans of for all of these. This was by far the hardest one. And Who did I did you come up with three trap tigers, which isn't actually really accurate. No, I was going to say. Um, um, I mean, I mean, I, I came up with three trap tigers because they're predominantly instrumental and they use a lot of jazz stuff, but they still don't sound like yeah. this. I would um, say Tecra for like yeah. quartet, Boards of Canada, but way harsher than Boards of Canada, um, and. I guess, well, yeah, Aphex Twin. Yeah, yeah. But with trumpets. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I'm not really letting you talk about it, mate, so go on, you tell me what you think. Um, That's it. I think it's fucking brilliant. I think it's an album of two halves. um, And there's the first four tracks, I'd Rather Jack, Heareth, Burn of the Sheeling, and 14 Steed. And then there's this song called Visitor in the middle, which is like this eight-minute piece um most of the songs on this aren't long you know but there is there's a there's always like one really long teeth of the sea song it's usually. pretty long seven minutes eight minutes six and a half minutes seven minutes one two three four songs over the seven minute over the six minute mark i mean you know that's nothing for the amount of post rock that i listen to yeah but you're fine uh right. but it's but it's it's not it's <laughs> sorry. my song's longer than your song yeah. um but um there's a lot of uh but there's yeah, Visitor is the longest song on it, and it feels like the album kind of that feels like the first four tracks could almost almost be oh, easy listening is not correct, but it feels like halfway through the record is where it starts to become really yeah takes a turn yeah as like right now we're gonna be really nasty yeah to yeah, you. yeah yeah um and I think. I admire the second half more than I admire the first half, but I enjoy the first half more than <laughs> I enjoy the second half. It's like Mr. Bungle, I think. You know, yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. Mr. Bungle, you go, oh, Sweet Charity is a really lovely song. Yeah. And then when they get into their fucking nutsy stuff, you go, well, I can see how exciting this is, but fuck me, it's hard work. I just really liked all of it. I liked the sound of that. It's not even that easy, is it? I mean, you know, like... um. It's not like, like I say, it's not easy listening. No, easy listening was definitely the wrong thing to say. But fucking hell, when it goes, when it goes by the end, it's a fucking, it's a menace. This yeah. Record. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminds Absolutely. me of Funhouse by the Stooges as well. It's the second half oh, of Funhouse yeah. by the Stooges. That's a good shout actually. You know, they get like, the first four songs on Funhouse are just like, hey, we're the Stooges. Yeah, yeah, playing yeah. Garage yeah. Rock. And then they go like, nah, let's go mental. Well, that's and the thing. It's like, it's like. And that's one of the best albums ever made, ever. It is a brilliant album. The best Stooges album as well. Yeah. Um, it is almost a little bit like TV Static, which is 
gradually being turned louder and louder and louder i like mm. i think actually the bonus track of issues i don't know why that's coming to my face suddenly but uh the bonus track of issues by corn basically does that it's just tv static which gets gradually louder as it goes on yeah but that's basically this album yeah uh which doesn't make it sound good but, but it, it is, is. <laughs> but it is um so anyway <laughs> this is fucking good if you want to get Wow, it's a, you know something that's very very difficult to listen to. Teeth of the Sea, Wraith, is out now. Uh, it's bloody great. I would be just staggered. But it will take twenty fucking worldies to stop that getting in my top twenty. Oh, interesting. Of, okay, at the end of the year. Cool. Like really, I'm very really, glad I brought really it. Really good, mate. Fucking hell, so am I. It's really good. Um, here's what I brought in. I've been a bit slack so far, but here's one of mine. Cartographs, Wilf, Wilt and Blossom. This is the debut album from the Danish. They used to be a hardcore band. They've been around a while, Cartographs. I've seen them live before supporting somebody. Again, I can't remember who it was, but I saw Cartographs and I thought, they're good in a kind of sludgy, hardcore way. Um, and then the debut album only came out this year. It's been a long mm. time in the in the, the wait for it. Um, so they're a hardcore band, but shoecore, hard gaze? Um this has got something a little bit different to just being a pure hardcore band, hasn't it, Renfrew? Well, I mean, well, I put it's Danish melodic hardcore gone post-rock. Yeah. Uh, probably more accurately post-metal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, before we... What, who were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about uh, Latitudes saying that they were influenced by Neurosis and Cult of Luna. Yeah. This feels more Neurosis and Cult of Luna to me, yeah, really. for sure. Uh, very big doomy sound. Um, again, they're from Copenhagen, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So th- you can definitely hear that kind of Scandi coldness in what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I feel like post hardcore is a bit of a misnomer, um, purely because I don't think it's quote unquote wrong. I just think it's a misnomer because I feel like the tempos on this record are kind of too slow and too glacial. I do not mean that in a bad way. That is not a criticism. I'm just being, this is just semantics. Post-hardcore. Who said post-hardcore? I didn't say post-hardcore. Or you did? I think they describe themselves as a post-hardcore band. Oh, do they? Band. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I don't think they're a post-hardcore band either. Um, Unless they mean they're completely different from hardcore, in which case, which in there is elements of that to be true. Yeah. Yeah, but yes, I think it straddles a fine line between black gaze and post hardcore, but without ever sounding like either of those genres. Yeah, <laughs> so good journalism I, there. <laughs> yeah, well, the reason I brought this in is because this is a kind of like say a mix of shoe gaze and black and sludgy hardcore. Yeah, so we've had Alcest and Bostonage and Def Heaven and those kind of bands. That's now a kind of a, an established a genre yeah. mole yeah. as well. Um, those sort of bands would become an established genre. And also the post-entombed hardcore bands of Trap Them and Black, Black Breath. Breath and the like have also become a thing. Um, and whilst Cult of Luna and Neurosis, I think, definitely play a part because of you know the, the way that you can't try and sit in the middle of those bands without sounding a bit like neurosis cult of luna thing um there is something like you say they don't quite sound like anyone explicitly no um, they, they straddle a brilliant balance between 
being a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit wee, a little bit yeah. woo. And I think, you know, this is their debut album. I don't think, I think it's good. I don't think it's amazing. I think they have got something which will, which could be extra special. And I don't quite think this album is it yet, right? Mm. But the final few songs really do hint that they could do something great. I mean, particularly the last song. The last song's called Blossom Under Leaves. And I think it sits right in the middle between Alcest and Gaza. Oh. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it can be that really, really kind of um, sunny, beautiful, shimmery, black gaze thing. Yeah. But also crushingly, crushingly heavy and sludgy and dirty at the same time. And I think getting that where they've got it is really interesting. And that song's fucking brilliant. That song is, like I said, it's the last song. It is nearly 10 minutes long. Yeah. And it's comfortably the best song on the album. In fact, the two songs that are the best two, I think, are Through the Garden Gate and Blossom Under Leaves, which is the two that are the epic. The ones. epics, yeah. Um, I think Through the Garden Gate is the best song on the album. Right. Okay. Uh, although well, although yeah. I agree that Blossom Under Leaves is fantastic. I would just swap um, s- swap them. So I think Blossom okay. Under Leaves is my second favourite. Uh, there's a very... it's a sound that i associate with thrice and actually particularly for hisu um their or fourth record i think um this really slow uh finger tapping guitar tapping kind of thing and they do that quite a bit bonjour's back being a (laughs) fucking douche fuck off stand on your notes literally all over my notes arse in the face she's gonna hit at you mate if you do that you push her um uh what was i talking about thrice they so yeah the only way i can describe it is slow tapped guitar parts really um but <laughs> sorry yeah. bonjour's just stolen uh steve's chair this has been the most interrupted podcast we've ever done i don't know what's wrong with her she's in such a fucking mardy mood come on get me out mardy bonjour right go on more like uh goodbye oh that'd be all right wouldn't it oh yeah <laughs> Speak basic French. Talking about Alsace, you know, speak basic French. <laughs> anyway, um, I agree with you in terms of when this album is good. I think it's fucking terrific. Yeah, actually, but I think uh, yeah, it's not quite the finished article no. yet. Um, but I do really like it, and I think those two tracks you have pointed out the two best songs. Mm. Uh, I think they beautifully fill out all elements of the sort of sonic spectrum so the low end is really bassy and fantastic but then there's some really interesting uh high-end stuff as well i think um the way that the bass and the guitars interact are just brilliant it's actually a relationship whilst they don't sonically sound like it but it kind of reminds me of the way that the bass and guitar interact in black peaks it's almost like they dance around one another and they rarely Mm. play the same thing Mm. um well, it's because I think one feels like a hardcore band and the other one feels like a sort of shoegaze band. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that is the thing, you know, like, you, yeah, so go on. Sorry, I was going to um, sum up in a second. That's right. Um, I I really like it. Um, the one I would, I don't know how you'll feel about this. What I would change about it, I find, I think the vocalist, Joachim uh, Jensen, is a fantastic screamer i think he's very 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 good at it um i wish there was a bit more variety in the vocals overall personally 
mm-hmm. uh, because it, despite the last few songs, I agree the second half's better than the first half. Despite the last few songs being the best, by the end I find his vocals drag a little bit. I just I just want a bit more variety in there. Yeah, personally, don't get that much in those bands. Though, in, generally not side. no but but actually like even i mean i don't want this to be sacrilege and i don't want this to be a rift between us but even even neurosis and total luna and stuff like that sometimes i wish there was just right, a bit okay. more variety in the vocals so that just might that just might be my thing and then there's going to be plenty of people who don't give a yeah, toss about yeah, that yeah yeah um, to be perfect yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah but so you know uh, this album is it's not a gr- like when i first put it on i was like oh you yeah, know it was one of these bands and the first couple of songs was yeah it's one of these bands but then little bits started to stand out for me and then by the end i was like they've got something they could turn into something great they've yep. got an idea and they've nailed it and they you know they do they nail that sound when they nail that sound they absolutely fucking nail it definitely and um you know i hope i'm just sort of wanting to bring them up now to to say to people if you like this type of, if you're a big fan of the trap thems and the blah blah mm-hmm. blahs and you'll have a really good time if you like cult of luna and, and isis and neurosis mm-hmm. i think you'll like this as well if you like death heavens and alces i think you'll like this as mm-hmm. well but they have they don't sound like any of those bands and they are doing something a little bit different so i think if we get a second album that leans heavily enough on those two epic songs those two you know, 10 minutes, that 20 minutes of material that is on this record, mm-hmm. which is fucking great, then they could be a really, really shit up band. I totally agree. I'd be quite happy for them to release, you know, a four or five track album, with, yeah. but them all being eight to 10 minutes long. And I think that's probably, that would be playing to their strengths, I Definitely. would imagine. Yeah, so, I think yeah. that's that's the way to go, to be honest. That's yeah. cool. All right, so anyway, that was Wilton Blossom by Cartographs. Right, our next album comes from Herod, Sombra Desane. The second album of pure guttural noise from the the Swiss, um, the Swiss people. I don't know what you call post metal sludge Swissmen. crew. Oh, Swissmen. Yeah, no, I meant they're uh, where they're from. Swissmen. Oh, I see. Yeah, Swiss yeah, yeah. base. I see. From Switzerland. Switzerland. They're from Switzerland. Uh, we talked about um, Swiss metal uh, when we were talking about um, well, we talked about Swiss music. Talking about um, Faves. Yeah, some really good and uh, Kruger as well. Yes, Swiss yes. as well. Yes, so they've got a good scene. The old Swiss lads, absolutely. Um, and um, I didn't know anything about this band. I've got to be perfectly honest. No, I didn't. Um, and uh, around the time it was coming out, or just before it was coming out, I got several messages from several different people. Um, I remember Andy from Palm Reader. Shout out to him. Uh, giving me a shout for this and just basically yeah different people from different walks of life just going have you heard that Herod album it is fucking incredible fucking right yep uh, I oh wow this record's brilliant mate isn't it's it? so good um, so good seven tracks six songs technically mm-hmm. um, it reminds me so much of Conjurer not, yeah that's a good shout not strictly because they sound like conjurer but because they mix so many elements of quite harsh metal together in such a cohesive brilliant way we, this is the thing that you know i'm not sure i can think of a band off the top of my head that do sludge dissonance and then kind of old school melodic heavy metal guitar parts yeah at once. Yeah, exactly. And it sounds really great. Well, I can't even think of any who do it at all, let alone whether it sounds good or not. 
Um, no, when really. Bill Steer from Carcass rocks up. Oh, I know. Yeah, playing, yeah, yeah. Like sounding just like absolute. You straight away you go, it's Bill Steer. Yeah, yeah. Straight away, like, that really sounds like Carcass. Oh, it's actually Bill. Like, yeah. mate, this record's fucking awesome it's so good they and they have i'd say i mean i'm being quite broad here but i'd say they basically have two types of song right so they have the epic long post-metal type of things there's a couple of uh, songs on this album which are around the 10 minute mark yeah um songs like don't speak last and there will be gods which are fan fucking tastic. Mm. It must be said, like the way that "Don't Speak Last" is the best song on the record. The, mm, I think uh, it's fucking brilliant. It's so good. The manner in which that song builds ominously and glacially over its first three minutes and then explodes is just incredible. But then they also have these shorter kind of face melters, like "Reckoning," which mm. is amazing. And I almost, I think "Silent Truth" might be my favorite song on the album which is just this absolutely it's a face melter and mm. it comes directly after um don't speak last i think yeah that's it. um and the fact that they make both of those types of songs so cohesive and work so well together i mean that's kind of where the conjurer um comparison comes in because you have you know a long eight minute seven minute song like um uh, Hollow is one of the really long ones, isn't it? Mm-hmm. On Maya. And then, and then you know, they come straight in with Wretch, which yeah. just blows your face off for three and a half minutes, you know? I think Herod do the exact same thing to pretty much the same standard. Similar standard. Similar standard, yeah, certainly. Yeah. yeah, it's... Uh... And, you know, we both had Maya in our top 20 last mm-hmm. year and, and we both love that record. And, yeah. and despite them being cunts, we love that band. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered how long you were going to be able to keep your mouth shut about <laughs> how much you hated Brady. Um, um, uh, but they also have, they have, I think something that um, Herod have that Condra don't, or that there's like one passage of one song um, that they have. They, there's a few more clean vocals on Herod as well, which I I, I like. Um, I mean, it's predominantly screams, but you know, there are some, some nice clean vocals, which yep. like, uh, change things up a bit and stuff I, I i find it difficult to find fault with this record really yeah me too it's, it's just great it's it's well good it's well good and this might be the best heavy album of all the albums we've talked about i think i agree and it may be my favourite album of all the ones we've talked about. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. It's a hard one. That's very, very good. So anyway, look, listen. If the idea of kind of a Cult of Luna thrash metal mashup sounds cool to you. Yes. Then That's a great you should probably listen to this album. They're Swiss. They're called Herod. The album's called Sombre Disdain. We don't need to go into it too much. I feel like we've not spoken that much about it. But really, what can you say? Oh, we've fucking stunning yeah, really, just really listen good. to it so the next band we're going to talk about are called lotus eater they are a glaswegian tech metal crew um the ep we're going to talk about is called social hazard it's their second ep or that's their first uh, uh released on hopeless records which is quite a big label for, yeah. for that sort of thing yeah um uh, we spoke last year about frontera yes and um we spoke about the armed um and we've spoken a lot about kind of <laughs> maddening bands who just try and like again sorry again guys this is really really fucking heavy pretty heavy this uh it's pretty heavy this um i I brought this in because 
I thought um, it's almost it's almost that kind of done to death deathcore tech metal uh, metalcore thing. Uh huh. But it's done in a way which sounds like it's been made by maniacs. Well, it's experimentation again, isn't it? I yeah. mean, I mean, actually, I kind of, I, I don't know if I'm going along a slightly different line to you, but I kind of, it kind of reminded me of the the veins and the code oranges and the Jesus mm. pieces. Yeah, that's not world. a bad shout. I think just because of the tone of it, uh-huh. it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's got that kind of really, really fat, um, kind of deathcore guitar tone. Yes, yes, it's it's very abrasive and disturbing, and but it also has this kind of industrial thing thrown into it which reminds me of uh like white zombie and fear factory to a to a degree that there's you know these big chunky guitars which play meaty power chords in a really syncopated odd rhythm Mm -hmm. and then they'll throw in some sort of industrial terror thing into it for good measure you know um and they provide a lot of sonic variety by sometimes a cut like cutting very abruptly to silence Mm. (laughs) uh or or very unexpectedly cutting to a melodic part. I mean, there's an awful lot going on yep. in 15 minutes. Yes. And, they uh, cr- you know, they cram a lot into... When you look at the yeah. song, the length of, like, the songs, uh, there's one, two, three, four, four, five of the songs on here, of the seven songs, the seven-song EP, you know, five of them are under three minutes. Yeah, yeah. So they do get in. It's a kick in the balls and then off you go. But it's yeah. different types of kicks in different types of balls <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> um i think um i i really i really like this i i think i think the fact that it's a it's a second ep as well i think the fact mm. they haven't released a full length yet and they're this good you know they've been a band three years yeah i think not long and uh it shows amazing promise like yeah. really amazing promise i don't think they're quite the finished article no no but 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 you know I think it's very, very strong. Um, I named Vein, Code Orange, and Jesus Peace there. I think if Vein and Code Orange are like the pinnacle, I feel like this is standard-wise more Jesus Peace. But that Jesus Peace record was very good. Like very, 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 very good. Mm. I think it's just like a step below uh, the best. But they're on their second EP. Second EP. That's, it's perfectly fine to be a step below the best on your second EP. And, you know, and I like, I mean, you know, I like to say, I, I think actually like, although I can see your point of it being, you know, veins and code oranges and bands like that. Yeah. I think because this feels much to me, this feels much more about metal. Than yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Uh, and I think there's not a lot of people doing this in that world. You know what I mean? I do agree Mm, yeah i do agree it's more metal than hardcore i think it's i think it's the experimentation that i'm latching on to yes, you know the, yeah, the, yeah. The, they, they they throw you off constantly mm. which kind of reminded me of the veins and the code orange and stuff like that but um yeah i think this is really strong i think it's very very good and i'm very much looking forward to what they're going to do next yeah me too so that is lotus eater uh the ep is called social hazard and they are playing with bring me the horizon at, um are they all points east 
Yeah. Fucking hell, fair play. So uh, I might go and check him out in a couple of weeks. Right, um, the last one we're going to talk about is CU Space Cowboys, Songs for the Firing Squad. They are a San Diego five-piece. Uh, they've had 10 different members in the mere three years that they've been a band, which I can understand because they don't feel like they're particularly easy to pin down <laughs> musically. Um, this actually is not an album. It's actually a, sp- <laughs> a compilation of um, songs of theirs from split EPs, seven inches and one-off tracks. Uh, so it's not too... Plus two new songs. Yeah, yeah. Plus, so it's not strictly an album. We should no, say, but it feels like it's being repackaged as their debut. If that yeah, makes sense. But right. yeah, yeah, okay. that is technically what it is. Yeah. yeah. So um, again, a band I didn't really know much about, but uh, th- th- you know, again, what? How long is it? Eighteen minutes. This is eighteen minutes. Thirteen songs in eighteen minutes and fourteen seconds. Yeah. And um, this is a bit of you to steal one of your expressions, isn't it? It is, mate. Mm, I thought it so. Is. Yeah. Um, it's got uh, some kind of, they're like a kind of metalcore, um, the locust. Do you know what I mean? That's good. Early daughters. They remind yep. me a little bit of. Um, they've got a kind of mechanical vocal thing, which, um, which I I, I remember hearing in Minus, the Icelandic band. Yeah. Um, all of that stuff. It is just. I mean, this is this is the most manic album, even taking the Full of Hell album into account, <laughs> yeah. which is a grindcore album, yeah. a very difficult grindcore album. This is the most manic album. This is the most wild and weird. And actually, maybe, uh, what with the, um, um, with, with Wraith, um, that's, oh i don't know this this is pretty fucking manic i mean this is the the sheer it's demented chaotic hardcore yeah um that throws a million different things at you at once Mm. and you never know where it's going to go next um a lot of the parts on this album last about seven seconds yeah before moving on yeah uh it's a record that has adhd um it doesn't sit still at any point um they self-describe themselves as sascore which i find hilarious yeah um i got a song called stop calling us screamo as well which is fucking all of the song titles are fucking hilarious they're brilliant yeah yeah (laughs) they're just fantastic it is reminiscent of bands like the tony daptanza uh Tony Danza, Tap Dance Extravaganza, mm-hmm. The Blood Brothers, or yeah, The Chariot. Blood Brothers, Chariot. Uh, or Early Dillinger, Escape Early Plan, Dillinger. I would say as well. Um, really sporadic rhythms, constant time signature, shifts, breakdowns that last mere seconds, demented screams, harsh feedback. Uh, I fucking love this record. <laughs> I think it is brilliant. Yeah, it's great. I, I don't feel like I haven't heard anything like this for bloody ages. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and I, done I moaned about it. I, I didn't moan, but I said about Idiot Pilot. Ah, oh, that kind of sounds dated. And you could turn around and say, well, this sort of sounds dated, but I don't think this ever got popular in the first place. No, exactly. It never got proper popular, so it could never really date because it was never sort of in people's focus let's in the first fa- place. Let's face it, there aren't many bands who could do this. No, it's mental. Like, I wouldn't call them a tech metal band, but the technical proficiency needed to pull something like this off it's like you wouldn't call dillinger escape plan a tech band no but the technical nows to pull that stuff off is unbelievable yeah yeah i mean this is math this is kind of technically really really impressive but it's not really showy it's more like the the blood brothers are one of the one of the, the blood brothers is a great shout because they're a band who are obviously very 
highly proficient with their instruments and like certainly rhythmically could turn a fucking dime on a sixpence like yes if that's the saying i don't think it is but um but they were you know unbelievable at the way they would just go from one tempo to the next so quickly at the blink of an eye and they do that but they weren't really mathy and they weren't really tech like do you know what i mean but yeah and and these these are at some points metalcore guitar riffs yeah but they're just they only last for two and a half seconds and then they play a different one yeah um i mean i think i think you could argue despite it only being 18 minutes and 14 seconds long you could argue that there's more ideas in this album than there isn't anything else that we've talked about this week arguably arguably i mean i yeah maybe ideas maybe pure yeah i'm just saying ideas ideas. just pure ideas it's good this yeah I, I, and I like the fact that it's, I mean, it's, it's really short. Then yeah. that's great. And you're right. It is a bit of me. <sighs> of course I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I, is there anything, I, I, I'm feeling a slight restraint. I I, I thought you were going to absolutely adore this record. I think. No, I've just got lots of records that sound like this. Uh, fair enough, I guess. Oh, but it's really good. But it's really good. It is really yeah, good. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, not yeah. as good as anything Blood Brothers have ever done. No, wow. Well, actually, it's not as good as Blood Brothers at their best. I was, I was about not to say... Not as good as um, uh, Young Machetes or Burn Piano Island. Yeah, I was about to say... Probably as good as Crimes. I, like, Crimes is a bit yeah. hit and miss. Um, is it... Oh, uh, This Adultery is Ripe is really good, but then yeah. the other one, whatever the other Blood Brothers one was called. Meh. Um, yeah, it's not as good as Blood Brothers at their best, but then Blood Brothers at their best are one of the best bands yeah, uh, that have ever done this yeah, sort of thing, you know. Um, I don't think they're as good as Dillinger at their best, but, no, but no, you no, know, no. I don't think they're as That's good That's what as I mean. I think, like, this is a really, really, this is a really cool thing to suddenly come along and go, oh, yeah, people are yeah. making this. That's and let's, let's also bear in mind, bearing in mind this is, you know, a collection of all their EPs and stuff. I mean, this is, let's use Dillinger. Uh, this is Under the Running Board or, yeah, or, the, or the self-titled EP. That's exciting. It, you know yeah that's the thing if if they continue to get better and better and better it could be really a mate like really phenomenal yeah. i think their vocalist um connie scarbosa is absolutely incredible like she does so many like like is it just one vocalist because I, I assumed it was i two. think so okay, i think I it's all i think it's all um i think it's all her and and she elicits these crazed shrieks and death metal growls and she kind of sometimes she recalls either spence uh, but sometimes she's recording, uh, recalling like Jordan Bliley and Johnny Whitney from Blood Brothers, and yeah, yeah. Um, it's a band with something to say as well. I think they, they there was a fa- fascinating um, article which I would uh, point you to that they did on Revolver, right. um, and in terms of their like uh, politic, let's say they had something to say, and I I think I think they're awesome. And bearing in mind, I think we will likely get another record from them. You know, the debut proper, pretty let's soon. say, pretty soon. Because I think this has been packaged together as a kind of like let's tide people over whilst uh, we're working on it. But you know, maybe early next year. Yeah, I'm pulling that out of my ass. I don't know, but <laughs> but, but I I you know it, it's not unlikely. I would yeah. say. Well, there you go. Um, the band are called one word see you space cowboy uh the album is called songs for the firing squad and it is out right now so just to recap what we covered today uh, obviously we talked about i am easy to find the eighth album by the national uh we also talked about weeping choir which is out today if you're listening to this podcast that comes out by full of hell the grindcore um legends or mm-hmm. soon to be legends i think they already deserve to be considered legends mm-hmm. um we 
spoke about Sharon Von Etten, um, the singer-songwriter who also appears, appears on a national album, mm-hmm. um, which is a kind of psychedelic singer-songwriter record, if you're into that sort of thing. We spoke about Blue Blood by Idiot Pilot, the comeback album from the Washington post-hardcore band um, who are recalling the, the mid-noughties. Um, Fair. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> uh, Latitudes Part Island was the next one. That's the kind of um, glacial and melodic post black metal band well go metal band yeah Yeah. um wraith by teeth of the sea an absolutely bonkers electro jazz record which i highly highly recommend wilton blossom the danish um band's debut album which uh, by cartographs the danish band who mix shoegaze and black and sludgy hardcore and black metal together which will come good for them one day we yeah. feel yeah. um sombra disdain by herod the swiss band's second record really amazing cult luna thrash hybrid um social habits social hazard by locus eat lotus eater fucking hell um <laughs> second ep from the glaswegian tech metal crew and as we just said songs of firing squad by cu space cowboy if you like techie lunacy then that is for you. We'll be back next week. Like I say, ain't no trade-off this week, fam. We're ain't going. no trade-off. Go over to musicism.net uh, and get your courses there. Get 25% off when you put in Riot in capitals in the checkout. Next week, new Ramstein album, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Um, and uh, I will see you next week. See you, see you later, Renfrey. Bye. <laughs>